Chloe. Exactly where I said it was at, babe. Oh, stop it. Who was it? Stop it. Right there, uh, right there off where the mirror is. Um, it's beginning to look Stop messing up them herbs right there. Sorry. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas Just like the ones I used to know The treetops glisten and children listen to hear sleigh bells in the snow. Yo, 
that content right there was clearly way too much for the algorithm to handle. We are glitching to the motherfucker right now. <laughs> hey, yo, we glitching like crazy. Hold on. Try to get this thing together. Hold on, man. Damn, we glitching bad. We glitching bad, family. See how how we look at. We. All right, well, is the sound at least good? How do I sound to you right now, Carly? You sound good, yes. Okay, are you listening to me on Zoom? Uh, yes. Okay, that, that's not exactly listening. So, well, don't close it out, I guess, but mute the Zoom and go to the actual, um, go to the YouTube page to see how it sounds there. Cause you getting it, like I think you getting it in the Zoom. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It might just be different. I think I, I'm not sure if it's the same. So, cause you might hear it in real time in Zoom. I'm not sure if it's the same on on the YouTube. It sounds good on YouTube. The sound translates fine, but it's still like glitchy. But like you know, but yeah, sounds the sound quality is good. We're clear and we can hear you. Oh, so it's not like cutting out or robot? No. no cutting out. It just doesn't line up with your movements. Ah, well, perfect then. That's good. They don't need to see me anyways. It's not even that kind of day. I've been in here in the mud all day doing nothing but making products, packing products, blue magic coming out of my ears. <laughs> So yeah, that's cool. Today is a dirty day. Dirty dozens. Dirty dozens. That's that. Anyway, I wanted to share um wanted to watch actually I wanted to watch some videos today, to be honest. That's what I actually wanted to do. Um, I wonder how the video translates though. Let me find a video and then you go over to YouTube and start watching it, all right, babe? And see how it... Uh... Okay. Yeah, see if it's the same effect for a video. Like, see if we can hear it clear and if the video matches with the mouth. It might not even matter what I'm pulling up, though.
Um, let's try. Oh, wait a minute. Look like we up. Yeah, you're perfect. You cover the sense of the immune system. Yay. That's disrespectful, then. They fixed it once they. Um, so that's how you know. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, hold on. Like, that's how you know. <clears throat> that's how you know. You gotta cover it up. Yeah, get a plate. That's how you know something was wrong, though. They ain't like that beginning. That video though, Charleston White. Oh my God, Charleston White went crazy today. Mm -mm -mm. But I really kind of, I'm not gonna say I enjoyed what he did <laughs> because the content is insane. Like, you know what I'm saying? He's there sitting there like, yo, let's, let's shoot, you know, these types of people and let's shoot that type of people and blah, blah, blah. I get what he's doing, you know, because he's, he's on the Kanye frequency. Like, listen, these executives, they're okay with saying, let's rape the black woman or the children or let's shoot the, you know, but when you say the same thing about their children, they're not having it. They're trying to block it off the airwaves and everything else. And so the point is, is if it's not okay for your babies to listen to it, ain't okay for our babies to listen to. So I, I you know, it was, um, but <clears throat> man, yeah, he, he said it in a very prolific fashion. So shout out to him, Charleston White, it's crazy ass and, and how he's trying to approach things and, and get some change out here for the baby and everybody else, right? It's time for us to start to do what? Respect the healer, right? And yes, I have no problem with showing you my joint with little stank man, because it was actually looking a lot crazier than that. I was able to, you know, get it to a couple <laughs> Halfway, <laughs> told you I was in the mud all day today, man. So y'all see that picture on my Instagram? I look probably worse today. I had a picture on Instagram covered in herbs and sea moss gunk. Sea moss gunk. Y'all do know that sea moss is like the best substance on Earth for microbiome. Like sea moss is literally is microbiome. Like it's not gonna boost it or create like that's why you can't even people don't even list it like that but algae is microbiome like it's not gonna boot like it it's it is microbiome like it's literally the slime that created all life on the earth but you can't like over get so mystified by the moss or you know that you forget that it's out like it's slime it's not Nori or Young Thug. Nori and Young Thug didn't come up with slime. God did, <laughs> right? Ask DJ Cali who invented the term slime. God did, <laughs> right? Yeah, so we gotta have these combos, right? Listen, this is the keep it real place. I'm the Michael Jordan of this thing. You know, I'm the LeBron. 
I'm the GOAT. I'm not even the Michael Jordan or LeBron because in basketball, it's debated who's the GOAT. In this? Yeah. In this thing here, <clears throat> it's not even a debate of who's the GOAT. It's only, it's only one, right? But it depends. Actually, you know what? It's personal preference involved because, you know, there are people that operate outside of what they pronounce as the principles they stand on. And in that space, it becomes confusing. What I mean is the principles of quote unquote consciousness is to be nation building. You can't be nation building. You don't raise your children. You can't be an online person that's supposed to be nation building and you got children and you got maybe a thousand, 10,000, 20,000 hours online of footage of you doing videos and speaking and, you know, doing your thing. And you got 20,000 hours of footage online and none of that footage features you and the babies. It's like, wait a minute. So that's 20,000 hours that you weren't being a father. Okay. Well, Clearly, if they're not in the in the context of what you do for a living in your material, they wasn't there while you was prepping and working to build up the material. So you just double that time and say you, you know, you work and prepare at least as long as you show. So if you got two hours, you went, you probably did two hours at minimum, two hours of work to prepare for that two hours. For me, it's way different. I might be doing six months to do a three-hour video. Point being, though, how is that the case? We're supposed to be in a world where it's nation building, it's community building. You can't be a builder of people if you're not a builder of your own babies and children. It's only one person y'all know that you see all the time with their babies. As a part of the whole program, you know what I'm saying? Like, So that's why, you know, certain things is like, in my mind, I'm still in second grade. I'm like, I stay childish in some stuff. And that, for some people, they don't like it. But it works for me. You know, I just hit them with, I'm just like rubber. You just like glue. Whatever you say, bounce off me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because in the real world, you know, I'm with my babies. You know? Other people, and in the real world, when they press the internet off, they not that conscious. Because you could be conscious as a king and queen a lot and get, you know, cash apps and donations because you, you know, you looking it, you twisting your dreads with shea butter on the camera and all this other shit. That's cool. But in the real world, these niggas got like, you know, $20 child support and they behind five years. Huh? How are you behind on a $20 child support any amount of years? <laughs> no and you don't get to be a conscious leader out you know whatever or healers some of the healers is like that you got healers out there like that Ten thousand hours of video not one of them videos features them and they motherfucking babies unless it's like father's day father's day or christmas they throw something on the gram they do it for <laughs> so yeah none of that none of that you know we we you know it's it's real on this side of town you know and it's real so yeah 
We figuring out how we're gonna celebrate Christmas. This year we just doing Christmas too. We're not doing nothing crazy. Some years we do, um, not some years, but we try to do something different. I try not to do anything back to back. You know what I'm saying? But Hanukkah, we did Hanukkah back to back and that wore me out. So yeah, we back to good old fashioned Christmas. Christmas is one time, you know, that's Hanukkah. Ooh. Hanukkah's Christmas back to back to back for damn near two weeks straight. Mm-mm. <laughs> we did Hanukkah one year. My kids was hooked. They was like, what? Dad, I think the Jewish kids love their parents way more than other kids. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, dad, because look, they're getting 12 Christmases. Clearly, these kids are like, no, stop. We're missing it. I'm going to need another essay. I'm, essay. I'm the essay master. I always get an essay on whatever the holiday means to you. So that way we can have a conversation and build. And each year I'm looking for some evolution from last year. You know, do you know the origins of the holiday? What are the origins grounded in? You know, and most times it's some barbaric savagery, right? And so the question now, the next question is, so why would we celebrate something that's grounded in this? Like, how? why would we do that? And what does it mean to us today? And how did it change over time? And, you know, what is the value of time? You know, um, even if your mind is here, you don't want to alienate the rest of your friends and family. So, you know, most people in the world are always going to be slaves, unfortunately. You know, you can't always, you know, just is what it is. So just because you freed your mind, you got to realize that the rest of the people you love, they mind ain't free. And those people, or they work nine to five, 360 days a year. They're off on Christmas. Thanksgiving and New Year's. So, you know, and Halloween, you know, maybe not, probably not Halloween, but, you know, don't be too intelligent, you know, too spiritual to tap in with your folks on those days. You know what I'm saying? Like, tap in, engage. You know, don't, don't engage. Find a way to add in your teaching in the midst of the, the pure fuckery, but don't deny the pure fuckery, right? Indulge to a limited extent. To a limited extent, teach, but don't deny, that's, that's me anyway. All right, I'm off my soapbox. We are on our urban biochemist uh, program today. This is our fifth forum. And we have, we're going to upgrade. We're going to just add a little bit more to our cellular language conversation today. Right? So that's what I wanted to do today. I wanted to formally look at, you know, like a couple videos on cytokines get people a little bit more familiar you know with the conversation and then move to a to another space 
uh, myokines, which is a more specific um, name for the same uh, for the same cellular and subcellular communication particles. Right. So um, you know that's and we're going. We're going, we're just starting with the language of the cells. I'm just trying to build it up. You know, it's like the, a whole new language. So hopefully we learned a lot about the process of learning language last year with the French and um, Latin and, and all of those things that we understand. Uh, the cellular language is, is not different. It's just more complex, right? So we, we're going to engage this full scale because you can't be nice with the healing until you get this. And that's why I'm always at the top I and mean, everybody got to follow. So I need y'all to be the same way, <laughs> right? CMB, we all we got. Yeah, I need y'all to be sharp as number two pencils on test day, you heard? Right, so we're going to look at some cytokines. We'll get some cytokine lingo, chasing M's. We out here chasing M's. Hold up, Inky, what you talking about chasing M's? Now you can take them too far. We chasing melanins out here, man. We chasing melanins. We chasing M's. We chasing the real M's. We chasing M's out here. Cells of the immune system, which are widely dispersed in our body. Some are circulating in blood. Some are circulating in lymph. And some are resident in various tissues and organs. When these cells recognize a foreign invader, they interact with each other and work together to destroy or eliminate the pathogen. Now, the question here is how the communication among immune cells takes place. The communication within the immune system is mediated by small soluble molecules, which are known as cytokines. Cytokines are produced and secreted by a wide variety of cells. They act as intercellular mediators. Yo, if y'all can't hear her, shut up and turn up your screen and listen closer. <laughs> Respectfully, you know what I'm saying? But no, 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 sometimes you got to hear a soft. You got to get teaching from like mom. Not, you know, obviously, probably, I don't know about y'all, but my mom didn't have a voice like that. You know what I'm saying? But y'all get the y'all get the vibes. You need a little female energy. So open up, relax, get some female energy. We're gonna move around, but you know, get what you can get. Um, how do you say chew up the meat, spit out the bones, or yeah, that kind of yeah, we on that. Once released, these cytokines find polluble molecules, which are known as cytokines among immune cells to each other and work together to destroy or eliminate the pathogen. Now, the question here is how the communication among immune cells takes place. The communication within the immune system is mediated by small soluble molecules, which are known as cytokines. Cytokines are produced and secreted by a wide variety of cells. They act as intercellular mediators. 
Once released, these cytokines bind to specific receptors on the surface of other cells of the immune system. And these specific receptors are known as cytokine receptors. Once a released cytokine binds to the cytokine receptor, it generates an internal signal and this signal alters the activity of the cell. As a result, a cell may prepare to divide, it can undergo growth and differentiation, or it can secrete it, its own cytokines. Literally, the definition of information. Literally, the definition of information, right? Just like you. I'm hoping that you're at home, you know, with your family, preferably. Um, but if you're alone, it's cool. You're taking in the information and it's causing internal changes in you. And then you're either going to secrete your own cytokines, which means that you're going to take the information and then you're all, once you internalize it, right? Once this, once my cytokines hit your receptors, and then you internalize my cytokines, my information, my study, my research. And now it's a part of your matrix. So now you're going to teach your daughter, your son, your auntie, your uncle, boo, 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 by secreting your cytokines, by teaching, you know, talking, doing your speech. You know what I'm saying? So now the information lives within you. It's communication. Cells no different than people. Right? So only thing in their universe is more clear how it works than in ours. In ours, we're the subject. So it's hard for you as the subject to see the subject. But once the cell becomes the subject, you can see how a cytokine um, as information is food to a cell, right? You see the second uh, uh, um, highlighted uh, point the cell may undergo growth and differentiation. Well, that's what food does in you. When you eat food, it, it causes growth and differentiation, right? Or it might cause the body to break down or regenerate or all of that is forms of communication and none of that stops at the cellular, um, at the cellular scale, right? Remember, all the way back in ancient Kemet, they talked about the underworld of Asar. Well, that's where they, that's, that was their mythos. That was their series of mythos to teach their version of what we know as biochemistry. Let us now talk about some important properties of cytokines. Cytokines are hormone-like substances. That means they're signaling molecules. Cytokines are soluble molecules, and some of them are membrane-bound molecules. Chemically, they can be protein or glycoprotein. Their molecular mass is less than 30 kilodaltons. Cytokines have short half-life. This also explains that mostly cytokines act over a short distance. That is, either signaling is autocrine or paracrine. By autocrine, we mean cytokine acts on the same cell. And paracrine means cytokine acts on the nearby cells. 
cytokines are effective at low concentrations. This is because of the specific high affinity cytokine receptors. This means cytokine receptors are sensitive to low concentrations of the cytokines. The important cytokines which are involved in signaling between cells of the immune system are interleukins, tumor necrosis factor, interferons, colony stimulating factors, and chemokines. Right. Um, and obviously to, well, at least where we are in the conversation, which, uh, just point out obviously to where we are, right? We had the first space. We, we, we there, we're going to eventually, we're going to get all these joints, uh, especially interferons because interferons, they pay a bazillion dollars. Like doctors charge folks a bazillion dollars for interferon treatment. And uh, many people that spend 50, 100, you know, hundreds of thousands on interferon treatments, a lot of them are thinking that interferon is something that is made in the laboratory. They don't realize that although it may be resynthesized, copied, cloned, or otherwise manufactured a lot in the laboratory, this is actually God's handiwork. So you can bump up your own interferon production in your body and blah, blah, blah. But all of those things is, is, is you know, we have to learn the language first. It's like learning how to be a computer, you know, IT person. You know, you gotta, you gotta, figure out, you gotta be a computer programmer, you know, ones and zeros. You know, so anyway, tumor necrosis factor and then the interleukins is key to our story. But from our story, we're going to branch out and go all over the place. But we want to we want to get a grasp. Right? We want to own our thing. You know what I'm saying? Before we go anywhere, we want to own this. Right. Hold on. Uh, 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 uh. When you got to go down. Yeah. So these guys, we want to make sure we, we, we're going to be masters of this, right? Before we even like, we're going to know these guys, IL-1 beta, tumor necrosis factor, IL-6, because like I said, there's one thing to just be like, okay, well, you know, this inflammation and, you know, inflammation. I'll be, you know, I'll be, I'll be cracking up because people hit me all the time. Like, yo, you heard of this brother? Yo, you ever seen this brother? Like new healers, they just, and I'll be, because the guys be in first grade. And when the people hit me, they be so excited, like they just got some deep, deepness. I'm like, mm-mm. <laughs> Don't do it. Okay? Don't do it. Okay? But this is where we at. For our whole COVID, melanin, diabetes, we here. Because these are the stars of the show. Before there was a COVID, it's these three guys at type 1 diabetes. So when they talk about the inflammation in the pancreas, no, it's these guys. It's not a different group of suspects. It's these guys right here. 
IL-1 beta and IL-6. And, you know, tumor necrosis factor is like the plug. You know what I'm saying? Tumor necrosis factor is a little more plug. So tumor necrosis factor, it's like NFKB, NRF2, like it's, you know, it's, it's going in. But this is the gang right here, right? So um, even to the point where like this guy specifically, IL-6, dangerous il6 here's what il6 tells cells right because that's the thing you got to know because these things is not specific and that's where it gets confusing hey wait a minute what you mean it sounds pretty specific to me because mm -mm. like you're hearing this lady she's gonna break it down and explain it she's gonna be oh yeah these are the cytokines and you know interleukins and white blood cells and, and you're gonna be thinking like i had a conversation with somebody and we're gonna get into these and I'm like, yeah, you know, cytokines, whoop, but in the muscle cells, and they're like, oh, no, that doesn't, muscle cells don't do that. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, they do. This is, no, muscle cells don't do that. Like, See, that's where they keep the trillionaires and billionaires, the Illuminati, Masonic fraternity, secret society, like, the stuff y'all think is going on, it is going on. But it's not going on where you think it's going on at. That's the problem, okay? It's not Masons doing this, that, and the other. It's not this group. It's really rich folks. So really rich folks understand what I'm saying. It's John Q. Public that don't, but the really rich folks don't want you to learn this because then you might become the really rich folks. See, you watch online because you want to be better. So people watch the people they think can make them better. So if you believe that the most important thing in this world is money, bar none, well, then for you, money, power, respect, like that, you bought into that. But that's not real. That's fake. Money, power, respect is the key to life. Money, power, that's fake. That's not real. Right? Money, power, respect. So what's missing? Where's spirituality? Why that's not key to life? Spirituality is the key to life. Why that's not in there? integrity integrity is the key to life why that's not in there integrity is when you do the right thing even when you lose somebody positioned me to gain something but in the process of that i had to quietly let a nigga extort me a little bit and i was like nah bro that's i need my money champ i don't know who you thought you was I don't know who you thought. Champ, I'm gonna need you to send me that 75 cent back, champ. I don't care if it's a quarter and a dime. I'm gonna need that 35 cent. <laughs> huh? It's cute. Inky is so crazy. I am a little crazy. Who's up thinking about all this kind of shit? You got to be a little crazy. To... Right? But anyway, we're going to learn about these guys as well. So we're going to get some basic cytokine lingo. And then we're going to move from there to myokines. 
And that's where it'll get different because these things that they taught you is from white blood cells, you'll learn also other cells produce them. And when other cells produce them, they tell you that they do different stuff. And that's incorrect. It's because they don't give cells the credit for being intelligent systems. So they don't give cells the ability to process information, right? But in real time, that's actually what's happening. So a different type of cell that has a different set of responsibilities, even if they look at the same thing, they're going to see a different thing. Just like you get 10 witnesses watch a car accident based on their experiences, based on their positioning in the accident, all that's going to give them a different story. Cells no different. Right? So the millionaires and the billionaires, they know this shit because this is why they're doing them uh, youth you know, they're doing that blood transfusion thing where they're getting the young folks healthy, vegan, you know, and they're doing the blood transfusions with them. When they're doing the blood transfusion, just know the things that they're looking to get in the blood is the things I'm explaining to you in detail. Right? So just understand, you know, God chose me. For all of you folks that are upset that you have to watch Dr. Inky with to get this info, and sometimes he says an F word or he says this, God chose the less of us to be the best of us. God told you that meek would inherit the world. You thought meek meant small or weak. It might just been the one that had to have the obstacles to jump over instead of having the shortcuts in the race of life. You know, that's all. The folks that was at the back of the line, you know, now we at the front. That's what happens when the poles shift, right? Think about it. If you're in a line in school and you want a line, it's 100 people on the line and you're number 100, well, what if your teacher walks to the back of that line and says, everybody about face? Guess what? Just that quick, number 90 became number 10. Number 100 became number one. You see how that goes? So in the moment that the world goes, wait a minute, the real value is not the gold chain or the car. The value is having healthy, smart children. Oh, about face. Oh, wow, wait a minute. Who's at the front? Oh, Inky's at the Because while niggas been standing next to new cars, Inky been standing next to his babies. Niggas take a picture with a chain. I'm taking a picture with my kids smiling out the dinners. Okay, see? That's, that's, but stop playing with this consciousness. That's consciousness, right? What are we doing with these babies, right? And we're not doing the real work if we're not taking what Sabi and the other elders, but if we're not taking what Sabi created and taking to another level, then we're not really doing him a service. If we just milking what he did, because he created a huge, you know, space of potential commerce for people that want to put the work in, you know. But if you just get into the void of Sabi so that you can make yourself a few dollars, well, 
you know, that's not really pushing the culture forward. Respectfully. Right? So this is why folks have to come here to get that other. To get that other. Because this is also, and I'm going to tell you where this came from. I had a long convo, and I haven't spoke to my own pill in a while, but I'm very serious about, you know, certain, like I, I'll have a conversation with somebody and I'll take, I'll be taking notes. So I, we don't need to have a conversation again and again and again and again and again. We had a conversation one time. I'm, I refer back to that thing a thousand times. But um, yeah, one of the things about uh, Dr. Sabi's information that kept me up long nights still does was a uh, cellular debris. That was what he was combating the, um, you know, the false, you know, the idea of some of the viruses and tests and, you know, just certain flaws and that stuff scientifically. You know, that's where that was at. It's like, no, what's the difference between what you're seeing on the microscope and cellular debris? You know, that's that, and that's that's a hell of a question, especially coming from a motherfucker saying they don't read books. <laughs> so that ain't gonna do nothing but send you to reading a whole bunch of books. You got to. You gotta do, you got, yeah, you got to catch up. You know, so that conversation led me into uh, just a bunch of different spaces where it's like, oh what the hell are these you know vesicles things that you know so that's coming later though these little packets and so cells also have like little packets that they load up with some of these you know communication molecules like envelopes i think an envelope like a mailing envelope and load it with mail seal seal the envelope and put it in the mailbox Literally, that's happening all over your body all the fucking time. You know what I'm saying? So if you figure out how that mail system works, what's in that mail, now you... And that's what I've been doing. Slowly but surely, intercepting mail. Ripping open motherfuckers' mails and studying the mail. Like, oh, so this is how you make a cell do this? Like the dog whisperer, like, like a dog trainer? You're like, yeah, I want to learn how to teach my dog how to sit. Well, here, you do it like this and you do it like that. So that's why it's cell language is where we at. We at the core of it. We all the way at as close as you can get to the real science of healing, right? How to talk to your cell and make him, you know, how to use your nutrition as a remote control for cellular behavior. Right? That's the Urban Biochemist 2023 guidebook kind of lingo. You know what I'm saying? That's what we're trying to do. The original, um, we're doing the original eugenics. Okay. And for those of you that don't know, uh, microbiology, when it was first being thought about, introduced into the school system from the Rockefeller, Rothschild, you know, that, that, that Gabal. They was going to name the course because they funded it to so the colleges and we'll put it, you know, but they, 
but it was going to call the course eugenics. But because of what they was doing with Planned Parenthood and some of that other stuff, they couldn't name the course eugenics. And so that's how it became microbiology. Yeah. You know, but it's eugenics. You know, they were studying the cells, trying to figure out how to, the purpose of studying the cell was to figure out how to control cellular behavior at a distance, not for you, how to control you, right? So what do I put in a person's food to make them go like that and that and this and say that and look like this, it's, you know? And so that may be where the interface between some of what you can't understand that I might present to you is, right? Because when we're having this conversation and I might splash some Charleston White and Charleston White singing some old crazy, you know, in your mind, you may not be able to see how these things are related, but if you just got it, I'll, if you didn't catch it just now, I'll bring it back for you. So the original studies was about how to control the cells at a distance. What Charleston White is doing is using satire and shock value to demonstrate that people are being controlled by listening to repetitive messages saying to be a shooter and kill in your community. Now, in those communities where people listen to music saying over and over, respect the shooter, be a killer, respect the shooter, be a killer, people are doing what? Well, they're respecting shooters and becoming killers, which is why we have an alternative message. Respect the healer, not the shooter. We want to put another message out. Right, because we don't want the kids to become shooters. We want them to become unless we talk about a different type of shooter. Ooh, Ezra, this might be another one. Shooter. Shooter, shooter. Yeah, we might have to do a shooter shirt. Ooh, I'm about, I'm about to text Ezra right now. I'm about to text Ezra right now. I don't even know where my phone is. And I'm going to forget that by the end of the video. I'm about to text it to Carly so she can remember to tell me to tell him later. Ooh. Oh, my God. I just killed it. I ain't even gonna tell y'all what I just text her. Oh, I'm gonna kill it. The shooter shirts is gonna be nuts. <clears throat> right, so that's what we gotta do, right? And that's all out of war, don't get confused. They're like, Inky, do we really wanna? Of course we wanna repurpose these weapons. Of course we wanna grab the weapons that's used against us, repurpose them and use them against, yeah, we wanna take them, them, them weapons and turn it into our weapons, right? You gotta learn. So the weapon that is your personal destruction can, if you learn it, it can become your reconstruction, right? Because deconstruction only happens before construction, right? So if you build a nice building and the building serves its purpose for a while, well, the only way you can build a nicer building in that spot is by breaking the one that exists there down first. So we want to give each person that power. At least I, I want to. That's my end goal. 
you know, learn how to really, really, really transfer your consciousness from the whole body into a specific, that's another, anyway. We about, to, we about to go somewhere totally different than science. That's not what we're doing right here. So um, we're going to get into these uh, one by one. I'm going to stop talking your head off. We're going to look at some old long head book. Yeah, who knows about long head books? That's how you know I'm 45 years old. I'm, that, that Actually, nah, that's my mama cartoons, really. That's the cartoons that wasn't that, you know. Uh, the big chicken, he was talking to the little chicken. He's like, man, what are you doing with them square head books? That's how it was when I was young. It wasn't cool to read. But now, you know, we're in the information age. So the guys who had the balls to do the things it wasn't cool to do, now those are the guys that's running the world. We up, it's up, and it's stuck up. Muscles are going to become more and more useless without brains every day. Interleukins, abbreviated as IL. In Latin, inter means between, and in Greek, leukos means white. So, literally, they are the cytokines produced by one leukocyte acting on the another leukocyte. But cells other than leukocyte may also use interleukins. Till now, about 35 interleukins have been identified. They are named interleukin IL, followed by a number which presents sequence in which they were discovered. For example, T cell secretes interleukin 2. Interleukin-2 binds to the cytokine receptor present on the same T-cell. This is an example of autocrine signaling. Interleukin-2 results in growth and activation of T-cells. T-cells also secrete interleukin-4. Interleukin-4 binds to the cytokine receptor present on the B-cell. And then interleukin-4 results in differentiation of B-cells into plasma cells. Tumor necrosis factors, abbreviated as TNF. Tumor necrosis factors are produced by mast cells, macrophages, and T cells. They are often firmly anchored into the cell membrane. So, tumor necrosis factors are those cytokines which are membrane bound. They regulate immune responses and inflammation. They are responsible for apoptosis of many cell types. For example, macrophages release tumor necrosis factor alpha. Tumor necrosis factor alpha binds to the cytokine receptor present on the neutrophil and results in activation of neutrophils. All right, so just keep in mind for a quick second, right? As we go into, oh, as we go into, as we proceed with what you need. Nine five. <laughs> we get a lot now. My bad. Um, just as we're going through this, keep in mind 
or maybe write this down real quick so you can just keep it fresh or like take a screenshot of your screen and keep it on the screen on the side or something somewhere. But write down here, this part, this is what I want you on right here real quick. I want y'all on this. These two lines down here, so not the whole page, but I just want y'all to have this real quick. Just jump on them real quick. Right? Let me see. I think that's a little. Uh, well, yeah, this tell this is obviously more detail, right? But this is just the interleukins in their interactions with the melanin system. So, you know, we're going through, we're listening to the basics. But like I said, I want you to keep this in the back of your mind that each one of them interleukins is also having a conversation with the pigment cells. So that's where we at with that. That's all it is. Interferons, abbreviated as IFN. Interferons are so named because of their... Hello and welcome to Med Simplified. The immune system is the basic defense system of the body that protects us from harmful pathogens and diseases. The immune system consists of various types of cells and different proteins that kill the harmful invading microorganisms and protects our body from disease. In this video, we will discuss about the human immune system, what is the basic structure of the human immune system and how it functions. Then we will also look at some of the factors which affect your immune system and the differences between the innate and acquired immunity. You can get the lecture handouts from this video and all our other previous videos by clicking the join button below. You can also join our community at patreon.com. This will also unlock some of the cool features like behind the scenes of these videos, exclusive content, early notifications, and much more. So let's begin with the immune system. The overall function of the immune system is to prevent or limit infection. When the immune system first recognizes invasion by pathogens, it responds to address the problem. If an immune response cannot be activated when there is sufficient need, problems arise like infections and other diseases. On the other hand, when an immune response is activated without a real threat or is not turned off once the danger passes, different problems arise such as allergic reactions and autoimmune diseases. Let's look at the basic structure of the immune system. The immune system essentially consists of three layers of defense that protects our body from various types of attacks from microorganisms and even non-living things like toxins, metals, etc. Each layer consists of different mechanisms of immunity and when one layer is breached or invaded, the mechanisms of the layer below it come into action until the attack is successfully controlled. The first and basic layer of human immune system is the barrier immunity below which is the innate immunity. And finally, we have the adaptive immunity or the acquired immunity. Let's decode these terms one by one and understand about the basic structure of the human immune system. So the first layer of defense in human immune system is the barrier immunity. And the most important part of barrier immunity is of course the skin. Skin is considered as the largest organ of human body with an average surface area of 1.73 meters square. In simple terms, physical barriers prevent pathogens such as bacteria and viruses from entering the organism. 
The skin not only provides a physical barrier that prevents any pathogens from entering our body, but it also provides protection by means of chemical and biological barriers. Skin cells produce and secrete important antimicrobial proteins that kill the invading microorganisms. The skin also contains immune cells that help to stop the microbes from invading our body. Shedding of skin epithelium, also known as desquamation, helps to remove bacteria and other infectious agents that may have adhered to the skin surface. Similar types of barrier immunity is also provided by many other surfaces present inside our body, including the surface lining of our respiratory system, the gastrointestinal system, the genitourinary system, and the surface lining of our nose and pharynx. All these types of surfaces provide a physical barrier that prevents the attack from pathogens. And they also provide various types of chemical antimicrobials which try to stop the invading pathogens at a very early stage. For example, the surface lining of our respiratory system has these small hair-like projections that are known as respiratory cilia. A special property of these cilia is that they have a particular direction of movement by virtue of which they remove any foreign material that may have entered our lungs while breathing. This provides a strong physical barrier that prevents buildup of microorganisms and other foreign material in our lungs. Defects in the function of cilia are very common in smokers, which leads to higher incidence of chest infections. The respiratory surface also provides various types of antimicrobial chemicals like surfactants, mucus, and defensins, which help to stop the invading microorganisms. Our stomach releases strong acids with a very low pH that kills most of the microorganisms that we accidentally ingest while eating. The tears in our eyes also contain special antimicrobial proteins like lysozyme that kill many pathogens. The constant flushing of tears also prevents any buildup of foreign material in our eyes, which is also an example of barrier immunity. So this was the first line of defense of our immune system, and this was known as the barrier immunity. Now, what happens when a microorganism, say a bacteria or a virus, evades our barrier immunity and is successful in entering our body? In that case, the microorganism is met by our next layer of immune system that is known as the innate immunity. Now, to understand about the innate immunity, you have to first understand about the meaning of the word innate. Y'all better be watching and paying attention. <laughs> the word innate is made up of two words, in and nate. In means inside and nate means born. So innate is something that you're born with. Now, why this is known as the innate immunity? This is because the innate immunity is present in our body from the time we were born, meaning it is already present when we take birth. This is in comparison to our third layer of immunity, that is adaptive immunity, that develops after we were born. The innate immune system is an older evolutionary defense strategy as compared to the adaptive immunity that developed later. The innate immunity is non-specific, meaning it does not have special mechanism of action for different types of pathogens. We will discuss the differences between the innate and the adaptive immunity later in this video. Now, per se, the barrier immunity is also a part of the innate immunity since it is also present since birth. But for understanding this topic, it is better to divide these types of immunity into three categories. Now, let's talk about the innate immune system in detail. The defense system of the innate immunity consists of the various types of cells 
and the complement system. Let's first talk about the various types of cells of the innate immune system and look at their basic functions. The different types of cells in our innate immune system are neutrophils, mast cells, basophils, dendritic cells, eosinophils, monocytes, macrophages, and NK cells or the natural killer cells. All these cells are type of white blood cells or WBCs, also known as leukocytes. Leuco meaning white and cytes meaning cell. The neutrophils are the most abundant immune cells, making up about 60 to 70% of the total population of immune cells. They form an essential part of the innate immune system. One word you will hear a lot in this immune system is the word phagocytosis. Phagy means eating and cytosis means by a cell. So phagocytosis in simple terms is cell eating. Neutrophils are a type of phagocytes that detect and eat the pathogen. Within the cell, within the cell, the neutrophils release various enzymes that kill and digest the pathogen. They are normally found in the bloodstream and are short-lived and highly mobile as they can enter parts of tissue where other cells or molecules cannot. Neutrophils are usually the first cells to respond to any infection or inflammation. This is due to their heightened ability to sense what's going around the body by detecting special chemical signals released by pathogens and by our own body cells that tell them what's going around in the body. If you look at a neutrophil, it has some characteristic features. The first thing you would notice is the multi-lobed nucleus of the cell. This is a normal appearance of the nucleus and this is the reason why neutrophils are also known as polymorphonuclear leukocytes. Polymorphonuclear meaning the nucleus of the cell has multiple morphologies, meaning some neutrophils have two lobes in their nucleus, some three or four or five. So there are multiple morphologies that the nucleus of these neutrophils can have. So they are also known as the polymorphonuclear leukocytes. Another characteristic feature you would notice in the structure of these cells is the presence of large number of granules in the cytoplasm. On an average, about 200 to 250 granules are present in each neutrophil. And these granules contain many different types of enzymes, chemicals, and cytokines that have numerous functions in our immune system. The neutrophils release enzymes like myeloperoxidase, defensins, serine proteases, and various cytokines that have numerous functions in our immune system. They also release several other chemicals like alkaline phosphatase, NADPH oxidase, lysozyme that help in eliminating these pathogens. Like I told you, they are phagocytic cells that detect and eat up pathogens like bacteria. Upon ingesting the bacteria, the bacteria is contained in this bubble-like structure known as the phagosome. This phagosome gets fused with lysosome the granule of the cell which contains the lysozyme in them, which is a type of enzyme. The combination leads to formation of a phagolysosome where the cellular enzymes kill the bacteria and digest it. The next type of white blood cells we have are known as the eosinophils. Eosinophils also have a similar looking nucleus to neutrophils, but it usually has only two lobes hence named as a goggle-shaped nucleus. They also contain numerous cellular granules that contain different types of chemicals and enzymes. In normal individuals, eosinophils make up about 1-3% to of the white blood cells and are responsible for combating multicellular parasites and certain bacterial infections. 
There are also eosinophils that play a vital role in fighting infections. When unchecked, eosinophils are responsible for tissue damage and inflammation in many diseases including asthma. Another type of WBC of the innate immune system is the basophil. Basophils are the least common of the WBCs, representing about 0.5 to 1% of the circulating white blood cells. Basophils have a very important role in fighting the parasitic infections of the body. In addition to fighting parasitic infections, basophils play a role in preventing blood clotting as basophils contain heparin. They are also implicated in various allergic reactions. Mast cells are a type of innate immune cells that reside in the connective tissue and in the mucous membranes like the lining of our respiratory and gastrointestinal system. Mast cells are associated with wound healing and defense against pathogens, but are often associated with allergy and anaphylaxis, which are serious allergic reactions that can cause death. Mast cells also have numerous granules in them that contain abundant quantities of histamine and heparin. Histamine dilates blood vessels, which produces the characteristic signs of inflammation and recruits neutrophils and macrophages. They also help to link the innate and adaptive immunity to fight against pathogens. The next two important cells that we have in the innate immune system are the monocytes and the macrophages. Macrophages from the Greek word meaning large eaters are large phagocytic leukocytes which are able to move outside of the vascular system by migrating across the walls of blood vessels and entering the areas between the cells in pursuit of invading pathogens. Similar types of cells when present circulating in the blood are known as the monocytes. We call neutrophils, eosinophils and basophils as polymorphonuclear cells. As the name indicated, their nucleus contained multiple lobes. If you look at the word monocyte, this literally means cell with one lobe nucleus. And as you can see, the nucleus of monocyte and macrophage is round to oval with only one lobe. The binding of bacterial molecules to the receptors on the surface of a macrophage triggers it to engulf and destroy the bacteria through the generation of reactive oxygen species. Pathogens also stimulate the macrophage to produce chemokines, which are special chemicals that attract other immune cells to the site of infection. Another type of innate immune cell that we have in our body is the dendritic cell. The word dendrite means branches and these cells are known as dendritic cells because they have branch-like projections from these cells. Dendritic cells are present in those tissues that are in contact with the external environment, such as the skin and the inner lining of nose, lungs, stomach and intestines. The dendritic cells are a type of antigen-presenting cells. Antigen-presenting cells detect the pathogens and they take the antigens that are present on the surface of these pathogens to lymphocytes. Lymphocytes are cells of adaptive immunity that we will discuss in a bit. The dendritic cells present these antigens to the lymphocytes and this leads to attack on the pathogen by these lymphocytes and the antibodies they produce. So they are known as the antigen presenting cells as they present the antigen to the lymphocytes. Dendritic cells are also known as the Langerhans cells after the scientists who discovered them. Type 1 interferons secreted mainly by dendritic cells play a central role in the body's defense against viruses.
The last cell type that we will discuss in the cells of the innate immunity are the natural killer cells or the NK cells. NK cells are the component of the innate immune system that does not directly attack the invading microbes. Rather, NK cells destroy our own cells that have become defective, such as tumor cells or virus-infected cells. So these are various types of cells that are present in our innate immune system. Apart from the physical and chemical barriers and various types of cells, the innate immune system also has a special type of defense mechanism known as the complement system. The complement system is a set of about 20 proteins and it is known as the complement system as it complements the action of the antibodies and other cells in destroying the pathogens. Meaning the complement system helps the antibodies and other immune cells to destroy the invading microbes. Many species have complement systems including the non-mammals like plants, fishes and some invertebrates too. The basic mechanism of action of the complement system is as follows. Whenever any pathogen enters a body, it gets recognized by antibodies present in our blood. The binding of antibody to the pathogen is the most important factor for the activation of complement system. After it is activated, a cascade of different enzymes acts on the surface of the microbe to kill it. After it is activated, a cascade of different enzymes acts on the surface of the microbe to kill it. The complement system has many different mechanisms of action but if you want to learn about the complement system in more detail make sure to watch the video on the topic of complement system on our channel links are in the description below so this was about the innate immune system the type of immunity that is present since birth it is non-specific and comparatively weaker as compared to our third line of defense that is the adaptive immunity the adaptive immune system, also known as the acquired immune system, or more rarely, the specific immune system, is composed of highly specialized systemic cells and processes that eliminate the pathogens or prevent their growth. Adaptive immunity is not present since birth and it is created in response to exposure to a foreign substance. That is why the name adaptive immunity, as it adapts accordingly to the type of threats that we are exposed to. When a pathogen invades our first and second line of defense, it is met by the adaptive immunity, which mainly consists of lymphocytes and the antibodies they produce. Now, when a particular pathogen enters our body for the first time, the response of the adaptive immunity is minimal, as it doesn't recognize this pathogen yet. It remembers this exposure to the pathogen and stores an immunological memory of this encounter. So if we draw the first response of the adaptive immune system on a graph, it would look something like this. Upon subsequent exposure to the same pathogen, there is an amplified response of the adaptive immune system, sending multiple types of lymphocytes and antibodies that are specific for that pathogen only. This helps in successfully eliminating the pathogen. The system is highly adaptable because once encountered, the immunological memory of that pathogen remains in our system forever and upon subsequent invasion by the same pathogen, a full mounted defense system is already present in our body. The cells of the acquired immune system are the T lymphocytes and the B lymphocytes. 
Lymphocytes are a subset of leukocytes, meaning they are also types of white blood cells. B cells and T cells are the major types of lymphocytes. The human body has about 2 trillion lymphocytes, constituting 20 to 40% of the WBCs. Their total mass is about the same as a brain or a liver. The peripheral blood contains 2% circulating lymphocytes. The rest of them move within the tissue spaces and the lymphatic system. No, not, not, not these scary things. These scary things. So on the left, we have... Uh, okay, so um, uh, nuts and bolts are in the title, and, and uh, I just want to uh, hope you don't get too afraid by that. I'm going to give you a few nuts and a few bolts, uh, but what I'm going to try to mostly do is give you the principles and uh, use those nuts and bolts to illustrate the key principles for how our immune system helps protect us. And uh, of course, I think most people, uh, even before last week's lecture, knew that the immune system is to protect us from scary things that want to eat us. No, not, not, not these scary things. These scary things. So on the left, we have uh, an electron micrograph of a virus, virus particles. Hey, you know what? The virus that causes. I told y'all we. I told y'all we chasing M's, right? I told. Excuse me. And the mic went out and then came back on to catch that. My bad. So, but here's what I want to do, though. I want to just. We're going back to that. Relax. It's, it's going. It's all this information you need. I curated. I, this is curated. So trust me. Even if you're getting a little, hey, this woman needs you to bring it. Relax. You got to get the information into you. Just get it into you. Even if you a little resistant to it, or if it's making you sleepy, that's how you know you're learning. If it's making you sleepy and a little cranky, that means you're learning because that means that your brain as a muscle is working in new ways. It's like I'm a personal trainer for your mind. You know what I'm saying? For your brain muscle, your heart. So if I challenge it, it should feel a little, you know, so if it is, yeah, yeah, that's where we at. But we chasing M's. We chasing M's. So right here is where I want to give y'all some um, note, this notes right here. Take this down, important notes, right? Okay, remember we talked about, what the hell do we say? Remember I was saying, okay, there was a, a group of cells in the skin, it's called the, um, Langerhans cells. Bang. Here we go. The Langerhans cells, the Langerhans cells, uh, when they originally started talking about these cells, they were calling them a sister cell of the melanocyte. So they were calling them like a like a, a type of melanocyte. Right. Now, these have been reclassified in your skin as uh, like basically like the leaders information-wise of the white blood cells throughout the dermal, you know, layers of the skin. And 
the melanocytes talk to them and they like formants. Like melanocytes is like the bosses and then the Langerhans sounds like the foreman. So the boss gonna tell the foreman and the foreman gonna speak to the workers. Like matter of fact, Denzel and American Gangster, Blue Magic, we're going Frank Lucas style. They don't never talk. Well, he was telling his cousin, Huey, you, you talk to me and never on the phone. They got to talk to you. You talk to me. I talk to you. I don't ever talk to them. They don't ever talk to me. Just imagine Denzel in that scene is the melanocyte. His cousin is the Langerhans cell. And everybody else is just the regular population of cells, bacteria, virus, whatever, everything else. That's that relationship, right? So started off Langerhans cell categorized as a type of melanocyte got recategorized as a white blood cell why is that important here a we talking about your immunity b remember i keep telling y'all that your pigment system is your real immune system the white blood cell system is not is not the real immune system the white blood cell system is the sanitary system in the body right? The white blood cell system is there to clean up. Even if you listen to the behavior of white blood cells, you know, the gangsters, when a, when a bad guy is around, what do they do? They clean him up, right? So they come and they'll use like defensins or this thing or that thing, or a lot of them use peroxide, H2O2, and they'll spray like literally like, like you'd have a pepper spray. White blood cells have a, a, a a white pepper spray, you know what I'm saying? Clear, hydrogen peroxide. You know, they spray it on stuff and whatever, but they just clean it. And they'll do it like Windex. They'll just clean, you know, they'll clean up. Or if there's debris, they'll come and clean it up. You know what I'm saying? They clean up. It's not really, the only real cells that really get down is like them T cells. Like you have some killer T cells that like, you know, but, and and now here's the thing. Here's where we're going. Because there's some macrophages to get down. Anyway, the point is where we're going, chasing M's. Remember, we're chasing M's. Melanin, melanocytes in the skin. I'm giving y'all a look. I'm letting y'all know. See, you know, we we working and we building. We working and we building. You know, when you was in first grade and your teacher was teaching you addition, that didn't mean algebra didn't exist. It just didn't exist for you yet because you wasn't ready. So we had to build you up addition subtraction then you ready to learn multiplication division then you ready to get to geometry and after you get geometry you understand shape space and their relationship to number and now we can go to so you can't get algebra until you get all them this is right so we're moving right so the same way them guys out there y'all buying product support they tell you that's two types of diabetes we know it's over a dozen same thing with the melanin now. Melanin or melanocytes have been broken down in the skin to melanoblast and um, melanophages. What? What did Inky say? Yeah, so they change it. The books, books will change, right? So updated information. If you're looking for new information going forward into the future, you will not be able to find it under melanocyte. This is how changing the vocabulary blocks you out of info if you're not paying to be in the in crowd. 
right? And if you want to be up to date, you got to pay to be in the in crowd. So I give you an example. If you want to be in the street culture and you want to be up to date, well, guess what? You got to always have the gear. You got to look the part. That's number one. Then not only do you got to look the part, you got to be where you're supposed to be at in order to be up to date. So, you know, there was a time where Rucker Park was the place that you had to be at in my life. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, we went to, um, you know, we did our ones and twos in the daytime, but that's, you know, then, you know, we, okay, let's go get fresh. We're going down to Jimmy's, you know what I'm saying? Right there, you know, before they was all over the place, they was on 161st Street in the Bronx. So we go to Jimmy's, you know, they got the, the Iceberg, the Coogee, the, um, you know, um, who was hot at that time? Moschino was crazy, Fendi. They got all that right there. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times we was going in there like savages anyway. You know, we we do stuff like, you know, buy a thousand dollar outfit, wear it until it's, you know, until it's wear it till it's time to come off. You know what I'm saying? And then give it away to a bum homeless person. You know what I'm saying? And buy a brand new, you know, whatever. So, yeah. But then you had to be at the spot. And so violence is not like that wasn't really. See, the, as the culture became exported and then people who lived in the communities where the culture came from but wasn't a part of the culture began to consume what was export, exported, it got crazy. Meaning, in your neighborhood, just because you lived in a street or urban neighborhood didn't mean you was a street person. That was a very small, like, secret society type of club. And so as things started to come out about those guys, the people who lived in the city had first dibs on that. And then they began to make fake personas to pretend they was really invited into those small places and small circles and sell that idea to the larger world. Because 99% of the people is not from cities at all. And that's the major consumers of city life, whether it's the music, the clothes, the this, the that, and the others, the people who are not forced to live in it that want to buy it and experience it. So that just, anyway, what the hell are we talking about? I keep taking y'all off on these mental adventures with me. That's just all, all these other places. Let's, we get back to the information. I'm sorry. <sighs> yeah, I feel like I lived a hundred different lives. So it's, they all in there. You know what I'm saying? And they all just like so different and unique that people that know me from those spaces sometimes may not recognize me in another space. You know what I'm saying? And if they do, it's like, so it's people that know me from the time when I would be in the neighborhood that when I was wearing suits and hard bottoms and gators to work on Wall Street and I'm in, you know, Greco Financial Institute, I'm thinking I'm, you know, really doing something, you know, whatever. People was like, that's that's night and day, you know, when I was in the gym universe or this or that and the other, you know, teaching college professors. Little black boy from the hood, you know, go back to school, but I go back to school to teach the people that got degrees. I don't got the degree they got, but I'm teaching them. 
So I have a different view of what, you know, what's value, what's not value. Right. So, but anyway, we got to get this. This is the basic core of the information. We're chasing M's. If you don't get this, the future is going to be locked for you. Okay. You, you, you got to, this is, and this is why, thanks to the patrons, I'm forever indebted. Right. But the patrons allow me to be in the in crowd in this space. They allow me to be in the in crowd in this space. So when uh, an article is released and the article is only two paragraphs and I got 10 children and the article is $249. No Patreons means we just don't get that goddamn information because I, I can't, I don't have $250 for two paragraphs all alone. I can't afford that. But with the strength of my patrons to lean on shit, $249 an article, damn it. I might buy the whole magazine. Give me that. What is it? A thousand fucking. My Patreons is it's, it's crazy. That nigga's insane. They want that info. Tear it up, Inky, so you can spit it back to us. I'm on it. <laughs> right? And this is one of them things. Right? In the future, melanocytes are being recategorized. So you will have what we know of as melanocytes, right? All of the conversations that we've had about melanocytes, your Dr. Africa shit, your uh, Dr. Richard King, your T. Owens Moore, back to your Carol Barnes and Jazzy Melanin, all of that stuff. If you don't know that you have to just keep that information in your mind, but just make a switch, Boop. Instead of the word melanocyte, you're going to need to know that that's a melanoblast, right? And because now they have identified the actual melanin, listen to what I'm telling you guys, the melanated white blood cell, I'm dead. That was not a typo. I'm not Biden. I'm not Joe Biden. I'm not failing at reading my teleprompter. <laughs> I said what I said what I meant it. They have, they have, you know, they've they've been new about it. They've been new about melanated white blood cells. Listen, they've been new about it. They just didn't know how they was going to reveal this shit to the public. Listen, the racist and science institute is yeah I just don't understand that's the that's the real monster right because science runs the world science runs the world so the real gangsters are scientists in this world just know that real gangsters ain't on corners talking about they got dracos real gangsters is in neighborhoods where ain't nobody looking familiar raising their babies that's gangster. Gangsters moving out of where you're familiar and moving into a new place. You 50 years old in the projects talking about pull up. <laughs> Yo, it's cats literally 50 years old. They live right now on the same block that they was was that they lived on when they was five years old. And they talk about, yeah, pull up. Pull up? 
you should be ashamed to give me that same place to pull up. <laughs> pull up. I ain't got nothing to lose. I still live where I lived at when I was a kid. <laughs> pull up. Unfortunately for you, family, I don't live at the same place I lived when I was a kid. Right? I'm not passing the same circumstances exactly over to my next generation. So, yeah. I got I to gotta think before I pull up. I think before I pull up. You ain't got nothing to lose. You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> See, I need you to pull up on me. See, you pull up on me, we can handle our business. And then when we go see them people, it's just you was at my property. So that when you come here, when you pull up, oh, shit, July 4th, we can have fun. But I can't pull up on you because I got you know, to answer questions. I, you know, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I need y'all to get to understand, seriously. They're changing the information in the future. They have, they been knew about it. They just didn't know how they was gonna break it down, explain to folks because in the text, okay. So it starts with the Langerhorn cell. And so there's like a good 20 years worth of debates back and forth with that. Then once they decide to make the Langerhorn cell a white blood cell, now the cat's out of the bag and the relationship between the pigment cells and the white blood cells is, it can't be, it can't be taken back out of public text. So now it's on. And so there are granules in white blood cells. And that's kind of why I had to stop the video because I'm like, I don't know, somebody watching this, their brain might function like mine and they may not be able to sleep tonight because they're going to be like, what the hell is a granule? How are they telling us granules contain enzymes? I'm sorry, I thought the enzymes could contain granules, but a gran, because in my mind, a granule is like a, a non-living, it's almost like a, a little, you know, it's like a microscopic pebble in my mind. You know what I'm saying? Like a granule is a dead thing in my mind. It's not something that can contain seeds of life or living things like enzymes, right? Or can it, right? So anyway, after the Langerhans stuff, then it goes to this new thing where they like, hold on, it seems like white blood cells also have melanosomes. And so then it becomes a whole thing. Well, no, those are lysosomes and lysosomes and melanosomes are related. And then common sense is still fucking up this racial thing because immediately you go, well, if the enzymes are related, aren't the cells related? If the cells are related, then what's the difference with the pigmented cells and the white blood cells? And the, why are we doing this? Like, how get how come white blood cells get white and the black blood cells get melt? They get a they get a name that doesn't give power to how the people like. I'm like, you you gotta you know so. Because melons, melons, we eat melons. You know what I'm saying, like. <laughs> you gotta watch out bones and all i'm just saying so um but now though anyway it, it at, at night it gets late i get i get more goofy when it's late you know what i'm saying especially if i'm not like <sighs> yeah i'm about to give y'all tmi
I do get a little, little giddy and goofy the later it gets. But that's that's how you get. You either get joking inky or you either get cursing inky. You don't get like, I think I'm too I'm too much of a Bible person to ever lukewarm you. I can't do lukewarm. That's the Bible's against you. <laughs> so either you're getting jokey, happy inky, or you're getting everyone inky. Like, kill them all. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just, just one of those. So I feel better with joking inky. You know what I'm saying? I'm going with my children. We we didn't watch Frosty the Snowman against their will, like two times in a row, maybe three times in a row. <laughs> Dad, we don't like this. So what? I'm I am watching Frosty the Snowman. So if y'all up in here with me, y'all watching Frosty the Snowman? Yeah. Yes, the melanin teacher that teaches you about racial shit. Yeah, I watch this Frosty the Snowman quite a bit. I like it. Okay, so knock off that goofy shit at home. Just saying. Somebody needs to hear that. Okay. Little Frosty the Snowman's not going to kill you. Okay, relax. Right, but I need y'all to get this. So that's why we staying on it for a while. It's some mind blowing shit because now they have now it's over. They the, the debates don't went. Ooh. There is a specific type of white blood cell that they have determined that does not have lysosomes or lysosomes. They 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 don't have that. They actually have melanosomes, but it's a white blood cell. So it's a white blood cell that has a black inside. This literally is an Oreo cookie or a coon. Like you got a coon cell. Like this is not a coon cell. This is not a sellout. I don't know what to call this goddamn cell, right? But it's it's white on the outside, black on the inside. Like you got an M and M cell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got it. Right? Disrespectfully, they say wigger, right? But we don't claim to be niggers, so you can't be a white version of something that doesn't exist, right? So that's not a real thing. But these cells are, right? It's a type of white blood cell that has the insides of a melanocyte, and they still haven't figured these cells out. They only really started to be able to fully study them because they're so, you can't really get them like that unless you have a culture of specific types of skin cancer and then there's so much more of them that in those settings they could start studying them and breaking it down and this and that so those are now called melanophages so they're using melano taking it back to the original etymology black right so you have the melanoblast black promoters and then you have the melanophage, which is being so far the melanin eater. So they're saying that these white blood cells possibly are like cannibals, and well, not cannibals because they're not eating other white blood cells, but they like to somehow they're saying like they maybe they got the machinery of the melanocytes by consuming that. This 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 subcellular, like I promise you, 
the small, tiny world inside your body is always lit and popping. It's always banging. It's always like sex, drugs, and violence is literally biology. Literally. And I'm not talking about external drugs. I'm talking about the drugs produced in your body. Even some of these cells producing stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because a cytokine is basically like a hormone produced by a cell. Right? So we got to get some of this stuff. And I know some of this stuff is boring, but then once you got it, then you swaggy with it. And then we can have unboring conversations after you do, you know, do a little bit of this, you know, a little bit of boring study. acquired immunodeficiency syndrome. Uh, this is a bacterium here. That's the bacterium that causes uh, tuberculosis. And over here, we have a red blood cell that's got some parasites inside. Those are the parasites that cause malaria. So those, of course, are the three big killers worldwide, uh, infectious disease killers of, of people worldwide, along with influenza. We probably should include that to be the big four. And so... Um, we're going to hear something today about how the immune system protects us about these kinds of threats. Uh, now, this, these are numbers from the, uh, uh, the U.S. Uh, Centers for Disease Control, the CDC, who keep track of this thing. This is the number of uh, types of uh, viruses and bacteria and fungi and worms and parasitic protozoa, such as the one that causes malaria. These are the number that cause serious disease in, in uh, people. So you can see it's not just a few things, but the immune system's got to protect us from a continual barrage uh, of things that want to eat us. And uh, they don't eat us the way a lion or an alligator would, but they want to make use of our, our goodies and grow in us. Okay, so that really should be in the uh, uh, very big type. And then some other functions of the immune system I've listed here should be a much smaller type. The immune system also promotes the normal functioning of the body by uh, helping clean up our tissues and repair wounds. It helps uh, remove abnormal cells, including uh, the beginnings of some cancers. And this is now well-established uh, that uh, uh, the immune system does uh, cure cancer uh, to some extent. It prevents cancers from coming up. And it's also in some clinical settings does cure cancer. And we'll, I'll talk about that toward the end. And then, uh, this is the good. This is why we need our immune system. And this is why uh, uh, individuals who are born with a big malfunction in their immune system really are going to die in a very short time unless we do some really uh, uh, drastic treatment. And we have a lecture coming up on bone marrow transplantation, which is one way uh, that some of those diseases can be completely cured, uh, which I think is very exciting. And some of that really was uh, pioneered here at UCSF. Uh, some of those therapies, and, and it continues to be. I don't know if anybody saw the Chronicle. I think it was on Saturday. There was an article about the pediatrics department here. It's working on getting faster diagnosis of those kinds of individuals because the therapies, the bone marrow transplantation, works better if you catch the people before they have serious infections. So, um, so this is an ongoing area that UCSF is a leader in. Uh, but then there's also the the bad part of the immune system, and a couple of the lectures are going to touch on that. Our immune system sometimes confuses all of these bad guys for things that are not so bad, like hay fever pollen and cat dander and things like that, and can cause allergies, which is Dr. Gundling's specialty. And uh, 
or, and even worse, it can mistake some of our own components for, for foreign invaders and cause autoimmune diseases. And we're gonna have a lecture from Dr. Andrew Gross in our rheumatology division about some of the exciting new therapies that are coming online that make use of this information, the understanding of the immune system that I'm gonna talk about today to develop new therapies and for some of these very nasty diseases where we really need a really strong intervention. And then of course, another example would be uh, uh, transplantation. If somebody needs a new kidney or a new lung or a new heart or a new liver, uh, we have immunological rejection as one of the problems. And so uh, we have to learn how to um, suppress and that, that really only those procedures only became feasible when we learned how to suppress immune responses enough to uh, allow those uh, organs to remain and not get uh, destroyed by the immune system. Okay. Um, now, uh, I'm just going to quickly, in a slide or two, remind you of some of the things that, that Dr. Gunling covered last week. Uh, so first off, I just want to remind you of the players, okay? We, we, the Giants have pitchers and infielders and outfielders and a great catcher. Uh, what does the immune system have? Uh, the immune system has sentinel cells that are sitting in the tissues waiting for an infection to come along. And there's really three types of immune cells sitting out there a cell called the dendritic cells. And I'll talk a little bit more about them. This is a type of cell that immunologists are really excited about right now. We're learning about these dendritic cells as being very important players. There is the macrophage, which is, is also an important player out in the tissues. And there's a cell called the mast cell, which is important for allergies and asthma, and also for protecting us from uh, worms and uh, uh, blood-sucking insects like uh, mosquitoes and ticks and things like that. Um, and then these cells that are in the tissues waiting for an infection to come along, when, when they find one, they call out for help from their friends, which are circulating around in the bloodstream. And they come in sort of two flavors, the, uh, the cells that are good at killing things, the, the phagocytes are good at eating things, and, and the granules are good for, their granules are good for killing things. And so you uh, saw some movies of, of neutrophils uh, uh, last week, uh, neutrophils, monocytes and eosinophils would be the three types of cells in this category circulating around in the blood waiting for an infection. And then they're gonna go into the infection tissue, infected tissue and help, help get rid of that infection. And then we have our lymphocytes. Uh, there's the, the, these are what we call our adaptive immune system. They are the B cells that make antibodies, T cells that do cell mediated immunity. You heard a little about these last time and I'm gonna go into these in a little bit more detail uh, today and some of these immunodeficiency patients that really need uh, bone marrow transplantation are because they're missing these components here. Uh, although you, uh, that therapy is also being considered for defects in these kinds of cells as well, genetic defects. And then finally, I heard that we had some questions last week about a type of cell called the natural killer cell. And it's really good at killing virus infected cells. It sort of is more in this category than in this category, but it, it morphologically, it's a, it's a lymphocyte. Uh, which is a, a light microscope. What, what does it look like in a light microscope type of definition? Uh, anyway, you'll hear a little bit about this. One of the world's experts on natural killer cells is, is Louis Lanier, and he's going to be uh, part of that um, uh, uh, bone marrow transplantation uh, lecture coming up in a couple of weeks. Those are the players. So let's then look at what happens when we get an infection. Uh, and again, this is uh, something that we heard a little bit about, but we're gonna go into some more detail about it uh, uh, tonight. So uh, the, the sentinel cells in the, in the tissues, and that would be the macrophages and the dendritic cells in this case, uh, if we're talking about a, a new infection, uh, they would uh, recognize 
the, uh, the microorganism that's coming in. Let's say you get a cut in your finger and you get some bacteria in there. Uh, or something's getting, you breathe in something and it gets past the, the uh, barriers in the lung and gets into the tissue. Uh, then we would be uh, having an infection and then our cells in the tissue would be recognizing that. And this process of recognition by these types of cells as opposed to the lymphocytes is we call that innate immunity. And uh, they utilize uh, evolved receptors that recognize broad classes of microbes. They would recognize that this is a virus or this is a bacterium or this is a worm. So they recognize broad classes. They, they recognize molecules that are characteristic of broad classes of organisms, not necessarily pathogens, but any bacteria or any yeast or uh, any uh, uh, worm. Uh, so, some small fraction of the bacteria in the world are pathogens of people. Most of them are benign and live in the soil and help decompose uh, you know, dead uh, organisms and so forth. They provide a very beneficial role. So most of the bacteria are good, but then occasionally they're the, the really ones that, that come after us and are bad. Um, so the, these uh, uh, sentinel cells in the tissue, the dendritic cells in the macrophage, what happens when they see these agents? Well, they sort of realize that they're in limited number and they won't be able to really take care of the problem all by themselves. They got to call out to their, their friends in the bloodstream. And the way they do that is by secreting proteins they secrete uh, proteins that then go and, and uh, diffuse over to the neighboring cells and to the neighboring blood vessels and cause those cells to now bring in, bring in the uh, cells from the blood. So these proteins that are made by immune cells and act on other cells, we call cytokines, cytokines, cyto for cell and kind because it induces an action on the part of the cell that it's acting on. So cytokines. And immunology, cytokines are really, really important in immunology. I'm gonna mention them again and again in this lecture. I'm not gonna give you the names of too many of them, the actual nuts and the bolts. We know of about 50 cytokines. We don't even make our second year medical students learn, and the people who write the board exam questions, don't make them learn the names of all 50 of those cytokines. They have to learn about a dozen of them. I'm gonna mention about three or four or five tonight. Uh, so you're not going to get quite as many as our second-year medical students, but you're going to hear about some more uh, from Andrew Gross because some of them are targets of new therapeutics. So we'll talk about cytokines and what they do. Uh, so these cytokines go over to the neighboring blood vessel. The blood vessel cells then uh, respond to that. And what do they do? They put adhesion molecules, sticky molecules, on their surface that's facing the bloodstream for the white blood cells in the bloodstream to... to attach and then come into the tissue, okay? And I'll explain how that works in just a minute. So they're gonna attract circulating immune cells to the side of the tissue. So this is a very efficient system, right? The cells recognize the infection. They say to the neighboring blood cells, bring in some help. The blood vessels bring in some help and, and here it comes. The blood vessels also allow fluid from the blood. So this is the cell help, cellular help. They also allow the fluid to come in with proteins that are directly protective as well, such as antibody molecules that you heard about last time. And, and I'll talk in a lot more detail tonight about antibody molecules. Uh, so we call this, in general, this response of bringing in immune cells and bringing in uh, fluid from the blood, we call this inflammation, okay? Everybody's familiar with inflammation. You get a cut in your skin, you get bacteria in there, it, it swells up, it's red, it hurts. Uh, the, the, the definition of an inflammation was made by the, the ancient uh, uh, Romans, okay? So we've known for many years, uh, you've all experienced inflammation. So what I'm telling you is inflammation is good. 
in this context, we think of inflammation as bad. In this context, inflammation is good. It's doing what it's supposed to. It's getting the immune system there to fight the infection. When inflammation is bad, however, is when it's prolonged and chronic, then you get tissue damage. Those immune cells that are coming in, their goal is to kill the bacteria, kill the fungi, kill uh, these other uh, things that are trying to eat us. And uh, they're gonna cause some damage to the underlying tissue if we give them the chance. So that's where inflammation is bad is when it's uh, prolonged and chronic. So this is just uh, an illustration of the process I just went through. This is the tissue side. This is the layer of cells that line the blood vessel called the endothelium. This is the bloodstream here. We've got our white blood cells flowing through here. They're going through uh, on the uh, interstate. They're going through at 70 miles an hour. And out here we, in the tissue, we got these bacteria. Our sentinel cells are recognizing those bacteria. They're secreting cytokines. And I've listed two cytokines on this diagram, uh, interleukin-1, IL-1, and TNF. And so among about the 50 cytokines, about 35 of them or so have a systematic name called interleukin-1, interleukin-2, all the way up to interleukin-35. And that's uh, good Heart for the abnormality of the heart's electrical system. We're learning about a potential link between coronavirus and type 1 diabetes. The results of two new studies just came out finding COVID-19 could lead to the disease. Here's Adriana D'Alba. Well, this new study sheds more light on the lingering effects of COVID-19 or long COVID. It found in some cases a COVID recovery is just the beginning of other serious health issues. As researchers take a closer look at the long-term effects of COVID-19, two new NIH-backed studies found some people may develop diabetes after a COVID-19 infection. The studies found COVID destroys cells in the pancreas that produce insulin, and that the decrease in insulin leads to high glucose. It's like a double whammy. Dr. Ananda Basu is a professor of medicine at UVA. We'll have to see whether that ends up in creating diabetes in these people. We did not have diabetes in the past. It's unknown how many COVID patients develop diabetes or if it's permanent or resolved. Dr. Elizabeth Broderick is a physician at the Children's Clinic in Newport News. This virus has really figured out a door to get into our cells. And then because so many people have had COVID in the United States, we may see subsequent cases of diabetes that they otherwise never would have had. UVA plans to do its own research. If the university gets the funding it needs from the NIH, it'll take an even closer look at the possible link between COVID-19 and diabetes. Adriana De Alba, 13 News Now. And some of the signs of diabetes include thirst, increased urination, unintended weight loss, and fatigue. If you have these symptoms, you should get your blood sugar tested. Research today that links the coronavirus to yet another lifelong medical condition. As medical reporter Liz Bonus explains, researchers are now tracking patients to see if COVID-19 can give you diabetes. It's more like a persistent inflammatory state where their immune system has been turned on against COVID uh, and continues to cause them symptoms even though the virus is gone. So thanks for having me. So we've known for a long time, doctor, that diabetics are much more likely to suffer from severe cases of COVID. What can you tell us about this other possible connection to diabetes and COVID? We've seen an increased um, number of studies coming out over the last couple of months showing an association between people that have had COVID and subsequently developed diabetes. 
Um, this is both type one and type two, type two diabetes, mostly type two diabetes in adults. Um, but we do see an increasing number, including a study that came out in Lancet a week ago that shows a pretty strong correlation, about a 40% increased risk of diabetes in the year following COVID-19 diagnosis for people that have recovered. Does that make it type one diabetes? Does that make it type two diabetes or a form that we haven't even seen before? What a sophisticated question, Chuck. Um, I'm learning. <laughs> yeah, the answer, you, you are spot on. Uh, when the beta cells don't work right, that makes it like type one. Type one diabetes used to be called childhood onset. That's because something has attacked the beta cells in the child's pancreas, so they're not making insulin anymore. And that can be sort of a partial thing. It can also happen rather gradually. Um, and you can see it in adults. So you see what you're saying is exactly right. It's got that trait of type one. But with the liver being insulin resistant, that's type two. Um, so it's got really the worst of both worlds. Oh, worrying research in the UK is suggesting a link between coronavirus and diabetes. A team of researchers from the King's College London and Monash University has created a database of information that relates to COVID and type 2 diabetes. And their research has shown that people with type 2 diabetes are more likely to suffer severe symptoms of the disease. They've also claimed that there's mounting evidence suggesting that COVID, COVID could actually cause people to become diabetic, could actually cause people, COVID could actually cause people to become diabetic, to become diabetic. COVID could actually cause people to become diabetic. Before that, even the lockdown itself increased the risk of diabetes because it's very simple. People get scared, their stress goes up, their depression level goes up, then they can't exercise properly, then they're eating unhealthy food, they put on weight. All these are risk factors for diabetes. So this we knew for some time that diabetes uh, can be produced by COVID. Then one more thing which happened is that you give steroids. When you have very severe COVID, steroids are given. And steroids kind of shoot up the blood sugar levels. I've seen many cases of uh, steroid-induced diabetes coming after the COVID. abnormality in the heart's electrical system. 
But in terms of COVID, for over a decade, we have known that SARS-type viruses bind to beta cells. For over a decade, we have known that SARS-type viruses bind to beta cells. That SARS-type viruses bind to beta cells. That SARS-type viruses bind to beta cells. But in terms of COVID, for over a decade, we have known that SARS-type viruses bind to beta cells. What? And this could cause either direct damage to the beta cell or in some way trigger beta cell autoimmunity. Secondly, we also know that COVID infection increases the levels of inflammatory mediators, which could cause damage to beta cells and potentially insulin receptors. So there is a potential that having had a COVID-19 infection could increase rates of either developing type 1 and or type 2 diabetes. Period. You just got to have the nutrients. So are you going to pay $1,000 to have this nutrient profile circulating in your blood? Or are you going to pay $65 and you get all these herbs and the vegan vitamin D3? the harming for your pancreas, the seaweeds from the cold water. Interleukin because it was thought that they time. acted being the created by one immune cell and acting on another immune cell. We now know it's more complicated that they can act on non-immune cells like blood vessel cells as shown here. So that's when the name was changed from interleukin to cytokine. But instead of calling them cytokine 1, cytokine 2, cytokine 3, we've stayed with the interleukin 1, 2, 3, et cetera. Now, uh, this one and about the other 15 all have names. Man, that was. <clears throat> okay. So real quick. Hmm. Real quick. Let me just let him say it again. And then I'll talk again cells like blood vessel cells as shown here. So that's when the name was changed from interleukin to cytokine, but immune cells like blood vessel cells as shown here. So that's when the name was changed from interleukin to cytokine. But instead of calling them cytokine one, cytokine two, cytokine three, we've stayed with the interleukin one, two, three, et cetera. Okay, so there was a point in the textbooks where it was interleukin. Their research led them to feel like the term cytokine was more accurate to describe these uh, communication molecules, and they changed the name of cytokine. Now, a lot of you out there that don't really know, when you hear the term cytokine and you hear the term interleukins, you think that it's something different. And then if somebody, a third, say for instance, you in the doctor's office, you have a doctor visit and the doctor's is, is talking about you. You're looking at your, you know, they're looking at your charts and they're talking amongst each other. And like, yeah, 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 yeah cytokines. And another doctor say something back and he, woo, 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 interleukins. You don't know no better. You think they talking about two totally different things. Same thing. Same exact thing. Now. A third doctor walks up, a specialist. He gonna really help you out. Yeah, how, how you doing, Such a, how, how you doing, man? My name is 
you know, such and, uh, my name is from, you know, he, he can't be a black guy, especially with goatee for glasses. So he's got to have a foreign name, India, or, you know, he's an African guy with 12 names that you can't pronounce because it might have like, like some other sounds. <laughs> or he might be an Ildebrand, you know, so he might be a German, you know, who knows? Right. Jokes on the American blacks. We don't respect our own genius. <laughs> so we don't really see much of us in that capacity. Anyway, third doctor comes in, right? Get the first two doctors helping you out. You lost. Because they're trying to figure out what's going on with you. So they discussing amongst each other. But you hear one doctor saying cytokines, another one here into Lucans. They can't figure it out. They want to get a third opinion from one of their, you know, their buddies. And like, yeah, let's bring it down. He, he's a specialist. He's going to come in. Da, 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 da. So now he come in and you don't hear him say cytokines or interleukins. He's saying the word myokines. So interleukins from this doctor, cytokines from this doctor. The next doctor came in with myokines. You sitting there, your head spinning. You don't know what these niggas talking about. Except the fact that it's about you and you starting to feel scared like you about to die. Because this is some big words and you just. Myokines. Cytokines interleukins all the same thing all the same thing all the same thing and they all have a function within the pigment system which is the reason why when we started you know right after i dropped the groundbreaking article if you still have not read my diabetes article on electromagnetic tissue and, and metabolism you got to do that or none of this can make sense for you. Um, but for those of you that have, you know, that next I had to go with, you know, okay, water's a waste product, melanin, blah, blah, blah. And then we just, you know, so a part of them now. So wait, here's vindication. Here's the good news. Here's the love. A part of them reclassifying melanocytes as now melanoblasts and then melanophages is scientific validation without having to um an acknowledgement but at the same time they don't have to say they was racist they don't have to say they led to the death of billions by ignoring scientific facts they don't have to do that they could just say melanoblast and melanophage now we recognize that this is not a waste product we recognize this active you know yeah that way that way so yeah get a house no my bad you know that's my shit though everybody in the house all right so this is why this becomes super important we got to keep going back to this because all of these interleukins directly or interleukin or direct or interleukin directly or indirectly are part of the pigment story. Right. So of course I could be explaining this to you, but sometimes, you know, we need that other, you know, we need that other um conversation to, you know, just make it make it come to make it stick. Right. So look at these types of cells. Look at the cells there. 
okay? These are the words they use. When we look in these things here, those is just, we could just think of it like that. Those is just the words that they say. And depending on who you are, it depends on how you feel about what's being said. Because certain words is going to hit you like B-I-T-C-H or M-F. Some words is going to hit you like love. I miss you. I care. You know, the good, you know, that's the same thing with these communicative molecules on a super, 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 super quantum scale. And that's what I was doing in, in, in the cut all this time. Learning which plants specifically turn these up, turn these down, turn these around, and make these dance. Period. Say, oh, wow, no herbalist has ever done this before. I'll be the first. Every time I'm the first, though, I just become more hated. <laughs> oh, shit. More thieves to Trump try to steal my shit. And then, you know, more hate. Right? But this is where the real conversation is at. And I was sparked to come down this road by a few things from Sabi. A, his talks on... Um, cellular debris and then his talks on uh and not just his talks but a lot of people talked about how plants are able to communicate to your genetics and a lot of people are just happy with that like my mind just i just can't be like communicate how what are you saying when you say the plants are communicating to myself in my mind i'm like well, how what do we need to do i want i want in like do we need to develop a new sort of speaker? Like, is this is this a conversation like this that we just it's not it's inaudible? We need to pump it up, or what is it like Russian Charlie Brown like? Like, what is it? How do we tap into this language? Because that's clearly where it's at. And then I was deep into my Hebrew studies and all that, so I'm I'm starting to think of the, you know, um, yeah, you go into ancient. You go to certain ancient spaces and they talk about this divine language and blah, 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 blah. I think all these guys, they, they had it wrong. You know, as far as I'm concerned, the only divine language that God, you know, our, our most high, like the creator would deal with, it would have to be something towards this, you know, something towards the actual language of creation. And if we would set astray from something it's this that we were set astray from this is what divides us right this is the tower of Bab Babel. you know this is the language so you ask me this is the language that your god cut you off from the tower of Babel. right this is the tower of Babel that your god cut you off from right here this is that story because once you lose this story, this is when the people are divided forever. The people are divided forever when what makes up the outside of their body becomes the larger determining factor than what's inside their body. And then once that happens, guess what? Everybody's divided. 
right? So if you listen to Dr. Inky, right? Hold on. I'll let you see me for it. If you listen to Dr. Inky, right? And this, let me, I'm going to tell you some real shit right now because I know a lot of niggas ain't watching. Niggas been tuned off. So they ain't watching. Too much science, long words and shit. They can't. But I scare people because of this. You know what I'm saying? Like, this scares niggas. They can't fuck with this. You get, you got responsibilities with this. You got responsibilities with this. <laughs> no, you got responsibilities with this. So guys would be intimidated. You know what I'm saying? It's, they don't know how to function in a space like But this is all divine. This is all divine. Right? So people will try to attempt to in this movement online, right? A lot of things have happened. A lot of people teach and you know profess and you know pontificate and at the end of the day though you could break every single person down no matter what it is black white spanish health money roblox it don't matter what it is that they their content is the, the, the core their content is they're going to be either moving you closer to god or further away from god period it's, it's just it doesn't matter male female straight tall short it don't matter they're either going to move you closer to God or further away from God, period. And a lot of these folks are just focused on trying to move you further away. So they'll just take random passages out of your holy book, whether it's the Quran, you know, the Bhagavad Gita, this one, that one, and they'll try to make fun of it. Or they'll have platforms that put two together to make fun of both and have you pay to watch the Roman entertainment of two spiritual systems look stupid. Have you noticed that? You see all these debates of Muslim versus Hebrew, or Christian versus this one or that. Have you ever seen a debate where the people was like, yeah, we are going to become this one now? No, that never happens. They both, you know, they lose a little, they both lose a little dignity. Just a little. They might gain a few dollars, but they lose a little dignity, right? Because what happens? Sometimes they ask questions and the people that profess to be experts don't have the answer. And so over time, people start making up stuff instead of just finding something that works. Right? They say you was made in the image and likeness of God. So what did that lead to? This is all health. This is all health information. You need to know this. You have to understand this. When listen, this is this is a prime example. Y'all gotta respect the healer. Yeah, y'all gotta understand this all divine. God is music. I, I have to do this for you guys. 
right? This is more healing than anything else. Your relationship with God. This, this, once you heal that, you, man, shit going to start getting out of the way. Oh, doors opening. Listen, when they say you made an image or likeness of God, right? If we just go on face value, right? Pun intended, face value, right? If we just go on face value, you was made an image and likeness of God, right? Watch this. Where does the confusion come in? With the term, just, 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 just deal with, just uh, indulge in this, uh, this thought experiment with me for a little while. Where does the confusion come in? When they say you was made an image and likeness of God. And most people out there, they go, the image and likeness of God is where the confusion comes in. How are you trying to anthropomorphize the most high? You can't turn the most high into a man. And then some folks would be like, yes, the most high is a, a man. In fact, uh, you got whole movements created behind God, the original God being a self-created man that existed before even planets. So he was somehow creating himself standing on what? No, he was flying when he created himself. But then when he created his children, after he created planets, he took away the flying talent because they didn't need it anymore. They had kind of created it. Yeah. Right? But science, right? We know science, science would tell us the confusion doesn't come in with the image and likeness of God. Right? The confusion comes in with the definition of God being employed and also what the image and likeness of you is. That is the biggest conundrum. What is the image and likeness of you? Because immediately most people are like, oh, that's easy. I just pull up a mirror. I just look in the mirror. No, that's, that is what they refer to out of the India. You know, in India, they, they're, they've taken the concept really far. You know, I don't agree with a lot of, you know, but they've taken it really far. And they talk about the illusion of Maya. Well, that is the foundation of the illusion of Maya is the mirror. And the reason is when you look in the mirror, you see nose. You see lips, you see cheeks, forehead, you know, hair, but that's not you. The last level of you before you are electromagnetic, <laughs> right? Before we, we, we transcend the physical is a cell. The cell is you. That is you. The cell is you. And the cell is a part of a Russian doll blueprint that scales the entire universe. Yeah, the cell looks just like, it's built just like the planet. Not all planets, just the one that sustains your type of cells. Oh, wow. Nature is genius. <laughs> Yeah, your cell's blueprint is 
planetary blueprint. Or maybe the planetary blueprint comes from the cellular blueprint. Or maybe there's a universal blueprint that holds the template that the planets and the cells both had to kind of come through. Or maybe the planet came through the universal template and then created the template of its own based on the original. And as the cells began to be formed on and in that planetary environment, well, the only blueprint that the cells could be formed out of is the only blueprint that the planet possessed, the one from the universal template. So now the babies look like the People don't want to discuss the Bible with me. It becomes way too logical. <laughs> it becomes way too logical. Like, wait a minute. Somehow, the religious part of my brain is not allowing me to agree with you. But the logical part of my brain is not allowing me to totally disagree with you, Inky. You might be onto something with this. This new look on life, music is God. It's not really that new for me. You know, I've been on this since maybe I was six, seven years old. You know, this is when I've been on. This is why I've been always unique. That's why I've, even to this very moment, I've been persecuted. Right? Why do y'all think I've been having those debates? For y'all have been watching me for a long time. Where do you think all them debates came from? about evolution and all that. That came from me defending God against people attacking the concept of God and the most high. That's what I've been doing all this time. Like, oh, y'all believe in Charles Darwin theory of evolution. Hmm, got you. So now I had a debate folks that saying that atoms start banging into each other like this and created whole people. Mm. And there was no information required to form whole life forms. I got to deal with these folks. Mm. See, yeah, I didn't understand what y'all was looking at. Y'all been watching it for 15 years, didn't know the story y'all was watching. Okay, so it's a bunch of folks attacking the concept of God. Now check this shit out. All these people around me that have been attacking the concept of God that have built huge platforms. They put their kids through school. Listen to what I'm telling you. These niggas pay their rent and put their kids through school by separating the community from any concept of God because they'll attack every single concept of God that you might find yourself in. This is a fact. It's also a fact that I have equally that length of time been defending the concept of God. It is also a fact that the people who have been moving you away from God have not healed one human on this green planet <laughs> or blue planet, right? On this water planet, but it's a God's green earth. God's green earth might not exactly, it's aqua green, right? Blue magic, <laughs> right? But they ain't healed nobody. I'm just saying. They haven't healed nobody. That's why I'm always going to talk my shit. Respect the healer. I don't care about views and likes and how much subscribers niggas got. Niggas got a million subscribers. Ask them if they healed anybody at cancer though. 
That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Who know how to do that? Okay. You got a wicked jump shot? I, I got you. You, you, you killed me with the crop. Okay. You... Call my phone when your mom almost dead. <laughs> if she still want to go, because sometimes you get to a point where you, you know, you're ready to transition. You know, and you ain't really ready to make a whole bunch of uncomfortable changes to survive another five or 10 years. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes folks just ready to lay it down. Don't call me for them, those types of folks. Let them lay it down in peace. You know what I'm saying? Have uncomfortable discussions, you know, bury hatchets, do that type of stuff. Only call me for the folks that want to fight to live, that want to live another couple decades. You know what I'm saying? But we do it with disinformation, with science, and also with God. Because we have to understand how the unseen becomes the seen. How the unseen becomes the seen, right? How in the Hebrew language, the, the name, right, for blood also was the name for, is the name symbolically for the frequency required to create the living fluid, the, the living river that we know of as blood, right? Because without that infrared, right, we don't get, we don't get life force without the infrared, right? So, you know, those, those, those things that, you know, Folks, thousands of years ago, you know, they talk different. They use different terms to describe the same phenomenon. That's what we got to get. You know what I'm saying? We like this is going to be really vulgar. Okay. Actually, I'll make it less vulgar. I'll talk about a woman's breasts. I was going to talk about male private part. You know what I'm saying? Too vulgar. It's getting late. I, I need to shut this down. But. <laughs> All women have breasts. You know what I'm saying? But guess what? Breast is a part of the English language, right? So if we search back the term, the word breast, matter of fact, I think I want to find out the etymology of the word breast. I am right now doing the etymology of the word breast. Etymology. Breast. Okay. We're looking up breasts. All right, etymology online says old English. Well, why not? Let's look at it together. Come on. Old English, briost, mammary gland of a woman or bosom or thorax or chest or part of the body between the neck and belly. Or look at that mind. Wow, that is interesting. That is very interesting. What? And it comes from what? Swelling, sprout, so we're talking late 14th century. Something to that effect here. Well, you know, if we want to push this thing back. So going by most people's logic, 
the reason why I, you know, pulled us all the way over here to look at this, right? Obviously, you use certain shocking terms to just create and engrave the memory, right? But listening to people's logic is almost like if we go back before the word breast was invented, women were flat-chested because they didn't have breast. Think about what I'm saying. If the word breast in its earliest form is invented in the 14th century, are we saying that women did not have quote unquote titties until the 14th century? Of course not. They used different words to describe it, but they were still talking about titties regardless to what language they said, what the word was, they talking about these two things. When you understand that concept, history will start to make more sense because it's still the, the sun, the atmosphere, the water, the this, the that. It's still the same. You know, people having sex with other people, partners and stealing and making money. and doing it. It's the same. It's the same. Different words describing the same phenomenon. You know, so it's, you know, we got to understand. You know, there's really no definitive proof of who's, you know, the ancient world or this one, whose scientists were sharper. You know, there's some stuff that says that we might be smarter. You know what I'm saying? But this, you know, we got the pyramids there. Without the pyramids, hands down, we would be able to definitively say today's people are smarter than yesterday's. But the fact that those pyramids are there, It just, it just means that, hey, we're not as sharp as those folks. So we have to go, if they knew more, then they knew more. We can't, under, we can't underestimate what knew more means because they know things that we don't know that they knew because we don't even know of them to try to conceptualize them. You know, hopefully we'll make the discoveries or stumble onto their old, you know, discoveries through some, you know, left material or misinterpreted material that gets reinterpreted properly, you know, like, but that's what it is. So we got to keep that in mind as we do that. I always, you know, and that's where, um, again, that's where the original core concept, before I even start playing around with it, just mentally, the raw concept comes from that seed in my heart. God put there already. God is music. It's my nature. So once that's here, then for me, everything else lines up, right? God is music. Okay. Well, what does the Bible? What does the Bible say on it? I say the Bible is the most popular spiritual book in our country, whether you like it or not. It's just a fact. What does the Bible say about God and music? Did you do you know that God only communicates with humans and has humans communicate with Him via music? Hold on. Did you know that music? Via the Bible, the Bible states that music is the only acceptable means of communication between going to or coming from God and man, especially from man to God, like period. He can't hear it if you ain't, you know, 
check it out. It might sound crazy. Like, no, Inky just making up shit because he's saying the music. Is saying, no, go check it out. Go check it out. You'd be surprised what's there. You know what I'm saying? And Kemet wasn't really known for music. You'd be surprised what's there. You know, if you really get into the study of where the piano came from, the master instrument. Piano is the one instrument that has every other instrument built into it. Every instrument. Piano is the master instrument. Why is it the master instrument? Because the foundation of the piano is the planet, which is the reason why it's 88 keys on the piano and there's 88 strikes of lightning per second around the planet. Right? And that's a large contributor to what we know of as the, the shoe, the shoe man resonance, right? The shoe man resonance, the shoeman resonance, the shoe man resonance, right? And that shoe man resonance, the shoe, the shoeman resonance is what sets the brain waves in the brain. Right? So now we, we're talking about this world of sound, this light that's beyond, you know, and then how do we, how do we quantify and classify types of light? How do we do it? No, we're walking. This is urban biochemistry. You might not think it is because we're getting story time. It's griot time. It's fine. How do we quantify, classify, discuss, interpret? Like, how do we deal with light? Frequency, sure. Right? But color. Roy G. Biv, red, orange, yellow, blue, indigo, violet, right? With the green in the middle. Yeah. And black is all on the outside. Right? So the Roy G. Biv comes out of blackness and goes back into blackness. Right? So Roy, red, the first visible color out of the infrared a sound sphere, right? You left blackness, right? Before red, you can't see its blackness. So you left blackness, you got red, orange, yellow, then you got your green. Now you're on the other side of green, blue, and then go right black into blackness. Then you go right to purple and then it's black again. So we interpret that way. Right, so now what is the first manifestation of, of, of that color on this planet? That first manifestation of color on the planet. Algae. So the original personification 
of those essences that are not physical are captured via the pigment, right? The physical actualization of how we understand what light is, right? That comes together in melanin, whether it's pheomelanin or eumelanin or neuromelanin, that's that. And that's why when I showed the charts, I showed you that melanin is not really a pigment and melanin is really something more. So what I named it, um, and that's what you do when you discover some shit. See, niggas be mad. They be like, you think you could just name shit? Listen, the world might not listen to it, but listen, by law, it's done. And it's done in the public space. So it's real, it's law, it's text. When, I, when you discover something in science, you get to name it after yourself. So I named melanin and reclassified them as solar repeaters. A solar repeater. Melanins are not pigments properly. They are a different kind of thing. Melanins are about sound. And I'm telling you that melanins are going to change the future of sound and prove my point. But uh, where is that picture? I want to show you this picture. It might not be on here. Where is that? Go over here. It might be over here. In fact, I'm almost sure that it's over here. No, this is where this is where we was having this conversation. See, all this is on the Patreon. Yeah, I gotta go over there and join up. I gotta go Patreon.com forward slash Dr. Inky. Because this stuff, I'm telling you. No, 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 I gotta find this. It's important. This is why niggas can't really blackball me for real, for real. I run this shit. They all gotta come back to get God's blessing from the plug. It's God's work. It's God's work. I just repackage it. 
I just repackaged God's work for him. Dang. Oh, man, I cannot find it. No, I'm going to find this. Hold on. Yeah, we're going to get this working. Uh, for sure. I know where it's why I don't know where it is. I know it's on here somewhere, though. Perusing some files. Oh, it might be this. Bang, bang. I got you. You know what? Nah, I need to just move this over to the other one. That's what I'm going to do. Okay, so I can get rid of this. Bang. Now, where we at? Over here? No, we're going to get... We're going to come up out of here. We're going to go back to here. Right? That's where we was at. And then I'm going to just drop this slide over there that I want to look at. Uh, ooh, no. Where that slide? Okay, bang. All right, so I'm going to drop this one right there. And it's just a little chart, but it's, it's very important. All right, bang. Now we can get rid of that. And then here we go. So this is what I was looking for. Yes, very important. Um, And here's why I'm saying what I'm saying. Look. Okay, now when you look, right, these are your main basic pigments and how they they function these are pigments now here's another spanking here's another spanking to your man uh arturo silas herrera and all of them foolish foolish inky haters <laughs> out there promoting foolishness calling melanin human chlorophyll look at how chlorophyll behaves look this is how chlorophyll absorbs light. This is the real, you, you, this is as real as it gets. It's chlorophyll A. You see chlorophyll A right here? It's going to come up, have a sharp peak right here, and then it's going to go down, and that's it. It's out, it's out the game. Okay? That's it. It come out, it have a sharp peak, and then it goes down, crashes, and that's it. Now, if you look at chlorophyll C, same. Come out, sharp peak crash is a wrap chlorophyll b is the same sharp peak crash is out carotenoids 
have multiple peaks, which makes carotenoids amazing as antioxidants. This is why you need the lutein and the zeaxanthin in your eyeball to absorb the dangerous light before it gets to the choroid and the uh, what's the other shit, the fovea and all that, the macula and all that. Before it gets back there, right? Or mess up the invisible like. What them shit is, you know, in the in the you know in the you know in the city, you know in the neighborhood, they got them joints where they be doing the scaffolding. <laughs> the cats be doing the pull ups off the scaffold. You got invisible scaffolding in your eyes that the diabetes. Anyway, back to the pigment. So look how the pigment. All right, so phycocyanin. Right, this is your blue in the ocean. This is the algae, blue algae right, or blue-green algae, you got phycocyanin, right, this is the blue pigment, look, it's coming, look, sharp absorption, then it's dead, right, phycoerythrin, same thing, sharp absorption, is dead, all your pigments function like this, now look at, look at how melanin behaves, now this is eumelanin and pheomelanin and neuromelanin, so don't think that is no difference of what I'm saying, now, there is an absorption wave and all that difference. Pheomelanin is, is lower than the, uh, than the eumelanin. But the way it functions on the chart is exactly the same. If you look at how melanin absorbs, right? This line here, it goes indefinite. So first of all, you create a curve that's almost like an infinite type of curve. That's number one. Number two, if you look at the sun, the sun's absorption spectra charts exactly the same as melanin's. This is why I named melanin a solar repeater. Do you see the absorption? Do you see the solar spectra being repeated? You see, very simple, solar, sun, repeater repeating right no other pigment does that no other pigment does that and the reason is is because melanin is actually harmonizing light because melanin operates in that space between sound and light Cash app, dollar sign, Minister Inky. Join patreon.com forward slash Dr. Inky. Right? We're going to make this work. We're going to make this make sense. You guys are going to get this. That's why, again, I'm shipping this chart. I'm shipping this chart with everybody right now. Matter of fact, let me show y'all what my living room looks like. Oh, I don't even know if I'm gonna show y'all my living room. Like my house is like I'm trashed right now because all day I was in slavery working for y'all. That's where I was at today. I was in bondage. Let me show y'all what, what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I was in bondage, right? All the, all the, everybody that who's 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 um 
ordered last weekend or whatever, like all these orders are going to go out. You're going to have this chart, literally. This is my living room. My living room is a dojo. So that's my jujitsu mat. <laughs> but there's no jujitsu going on on it right now because, yeah, this is what's actually going on. You know, <laughs> the guy that don't ship. <laughs> but anyway these will be in this is the prince i had to pay 80 cents a piece for these that's how much i love y'all that's how much i love y'all i had no intention of paying 80 cents a piece for these i, was, I thought i was gonna pay 22 cent a piece like i did for the ones next to it the one with the inky cycle right there that's a black and white printout you're gonna get that front and back but this front and back is color because it wouldn't make sense without the color arrows, right? That is our urban biochemist chart. That is the main like foundation of what we're talking about right now in terms of prepping ourselves to be healthy and survive what's going on right now. So John Q. Public, look at this. They like, huh? But you're going to be able to look at this and you're going to be able to dance, make this dance. You're going to be able to make this story come alive, right? So slowly but surely, we're going to start to flesh this thing out. And where we're at today is the beginning of something new which is the reason why it's time for these charts to go out because this information is really like finished now. I didn't gave you 20, what was that? Eight hours, eight hours, and then 10 hours. So you got about 27 hours last weekend on what this chart is and then everything all week reinforcing that. Now we're getting ready to take this up another level, which is the reason why we began the conversation today. And we kind of introduced a little bit more of a more understanding in the cytokines, interleukin, and myokines, the new play, player. Remember, we over here chasing M's, right? Remember, we over here chasing M's, so we're going to study myokines. You know what I'm saying? That's the next M we own. Myokines. Myokines, just to make it simple. I know you done heard them trying to explain it. They made that shit sound so difficult and trying to understand this shit. Myokines are interleukins produced by muscle cells. Mad simple, right? Why is that important? Why is that important, Doc? Well, because Dr. Inky is what? The world's first ever, come on, electromagnetic tissue specialist. Dr. Inky is the world's first ever electromagnetic tissue specialist. And what is the electromagnetic tissue? Oh, muscle. All of the electromagnetic tissues in your body are muscle type tissue. Right? Most of your selenium is concentrated in your muscles. You didn't know that. Your muscles are so electromagnetic that muscles are the tissue least likely to get cancer. So we need to figure out what's going on in there. When the billionaires 
the vampire billionaires are getting those blood transfusions from the healthy you know, they get, they take the healthy young guy, they get him a gym membership, they put him up, they get him together, they get him an apartment. You know, it's almost like a sugar daddy, but they don't want to have sex with the young boys. They just want to get a blood infusion, you know, a transfusion once a month. You got whole billionaires that have selected a young 20, 25 year old and they pay for all their living expenses. The only thing they got to do is eat good, and exercise so that that blood can be harvested to make them younger, you know, every month, every moon, every new, every 28 day. You know what I'm saying? Like, here's the thing though. That's not the conversation. Forget about that. The point is the factors that make the body youthful that they're looking for are coming from the muscle, the muscle tissue throughout the body. The various muscle tissues. So this doesn't, this doesn't get into striated skeletal, uh, you know, heart or this and that. It's just muscle tissue. Period. It's just highly electromagnetic tissue, and the signals, the communication molecules that they give off to the rest of the cells, and what that communication is, and what that does to those cells. And why do you need to get an injection from it instead of making their own? How do they make their own? Who's doing a woo, blah, 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 blah? You know what I'm saying? How come we haven't heard this before, Angie? Y'all niggas be asking the wrong question. How come we haven't heard this before? You know what I learned over time? I learned over time that when people ask me how come they haven't heard this before, that is a very nice way of being disrespectful. They're like, yo, you are too dumb to know this, or this must be fake. Because I should have heard this before, like a smarter person than you should have found this out already. And so there's the problem with the premise. You think that you know somebody smarter than me. <laughs> yo, man, y'all think it's so confused. Hmm. Y'all are confused, man. you see a young man on the corner with loose-fitting clothes. And he smells like drugs. And he looks, you know, like, oh, my God, it's a gangster. I better not mess around with him. He might do something to me. He ain't got nothing to lose. And you see another guy over there. You know, five children, puppy. Now, I can mess with him. He got shit to lose. He's not a problem. He, I don't have to worry about him. <laughs> I think Jada said it best, man. Gangsters don't die. They get chubby and move to Miami. <laughs> oh my goodness. Nah, man, I appreciate y'all coming through, hanging out for the fam, hanging out but with the fam. Particles that can then be made. hanging out. In the previous video, we learned that slash CoV-2, the virus responsible for COVID, seeks out a specific surface protein molecular target to gain access to our cell called ACE2. 
which stands for angiotensin converting enzyme 2, a transmembrane zinc metalloprotein found in the lungs, GI tract, kidneys, and blood vessels. Their distribution would explain some of the presenting symptoms of COVID, including respiratory and GI distress, renal failure, and dementia. However, the clinical response spectrum to SARS-CoV-2 is quite broad, ranging from completely asymptomatic to death, suggesting variability in either the configuration or number of ACE2 targets from individual to individual. Over the next few minutes, we're going to look at the actual function of the ACE2 metalloprotein in our bodies and explore some of the clinical situations that may make the protein a more suitable target for COVID. To understand the function of ACE2, we first have to review the renin-angiotensin system involving the kidneys, liver, lungs, blood vessels, and adrenals. The renin-angiotensin system is a closed-loop feedback mechanism that helps maintain renal blood flow. The kidneys are designed to filter the nitrogen waste products of protein metabolism from our bodies. To function normally, they need a steady flow of blood, receiving about 25% of the total cardiac output. A drop in blood pressure, either systemically from heart failure or locally from a narrowing of the renal artery supplying blood to the kidney, causes the kidney to secrete a chemical called renin into the bloodstream. Renin then links to a protein hormone produced in the liver called angiotensinogen, converting it to angiotensin 1. A second enzyme produced in the lungs called angiotensin-converting enzyme, or ACE, then links to angiotensin 1, converting it to angiotensin 2, the active configuration of the hormone. Angiotensin 2 then acts on both the peripheral arteries throughout the body and the adrenal glands. The arteries constrict, and the adrenal glands produce another hormone called aldosterone, which causes the kidneys to resorb more salt and water from the urine. The combination of vascular constriction and saltwater retention raises the systemic blood pressure and restores blood flow to the compromised kidney. So, just to summarize, decreased blood flow to the kidney causes the kidney to secrete the enzyme renin. Renin acts on a hormone precursor from the liver called angiotensinogen, converting it to angiotensin 1. A second enzyme produced in the lungs called ACE, or angiotensin-converting enzyme, acts on angiotensin 1, converting it to angiotensin 2, the active form of the hormone. Angiotensin 2 then acts on both the arteries and adrenal glands, causing constriction of the peripheral blood vessels of the arms and legs, and secretion of another hormone from the adrenals called aldosterone. Aldosterone causes the kidneys to absorb salt and water from the urine. The combination of vasoconstriction and salt water retention increases blood pressure and restores blood flow to the kidney. Now, with this information, I can show you how the renin-angiotensin system is related to our ACE2 membrane protein that the coronavirus uses to locate and infect particular cells in our body for reproduction. First, let's stylize our cell membrane model and restore an intact ACE2 membrane protein. The active form of ACE2 is produced by an additional enzyme called Shedase. Shedase cleaves the external component of the ACE2 protein and releases it into the bloodstream. The cleaved ACE2 then interacts with angiotensin 2, converting it into angiotensin 1-7. Angiotensin 1-7 is a powerful antioxidant and vasodilator. Dilating the peripheral vessels of the body and eliminating the action of angiotensin 2 on the adrenals, angiotensin 1-7 lowers blood pressure and is basically the counterbalance to the renin-angiotensin system. 
There are medications that also counteract the effects of the renin-angiotensin system, including angiotensin-converting enzyme inhibitors, or ACEIs, and angiotensin receptor blockers, or ARBs. ACEIs are just like they sound, blocking angiotensin-converting enzyme from transforming angiotensin 1 to angiotensin 2. Angiotensin receptor blockers are also descriptive, working on the system a little further down the line, blocking angiotensin II from binding to its receptors on the blood vessels and adrenal glands. During the early days of the pandemic, there was some concern that both ACEIs and ARBs could increase the risk of a viral infection by upregulating the expression of the ACE2 surface proteins throughout the body. However, preliminary data has shown just the opposite. COVID-19 patients on angiotensin-converting enzyme inhibitors or angiotensin receptor blockers do much better with decreased all-cause mortality if they stay on their blood pressure medications during their infection. Whether this is due to lessening the impact of the infection itself or simply preventing death from the complications of hypertension is currently not clear and more research is needed. So a lot of information and a little confusing in my opinion because of the similar terminology used for the various hormones, enzymes, and medications. Before we go on to the possible ACE2-related risk factors of a SARS-CoV-2 infection, a quick review. Under the category of hormones, we have angiotensinogen from the liver, which is converted to angiotensin 1 by the kidneys and angiotensin 2 by the lungs. Angiotensin 1-7 is produced by the action of the ACE2 enzyme on angiotensin 2. Enzymes that modify the hormones are renin from the kidneys, angiotensin-converting enzyme, or ACE from the lungs, and angiotensin-converting enzyme 2 from the lungs, kidneys, and blood vessels. Medications are angiotensin-converting enzyme inhibitors, or ACEIs, and angiotensin receptor blockers, or ARBs. Now, back to our SARS-CoV-2 receptor. At first, it may seem sort of random that SARS-CoV-2 targets this particular pressure-modulating surface protein in the body but it's actually brilliant by design. Remember, the goal of the virus is to reproduce and infect as many hosts as possible to ensure its existence. Once the virus establishes a reproductive cycle in the cytoplasm of our cells, our ribosomes produce the proteins to create new copies of the virus particles that bud out and can either infect other cells in our body or they can pass from us into the environment to infect another host. Remember, these ACE2 surface proteins are located predominantly in the lungs, kidneys, blood vessels, and GI tract. As such, when the new virus buds from the host cell, it can either be coughed out through the lungs, urinated out through the kidneys, defecated from the GI tract, or absorbed from the bloodstream of the infected host. With all these potential routes of transmission, this may be why this particular virus is so infective, and while personal hygiene and hand washing is imperative. In the last few minutes, let's look at some of the presumed risk factors of a fulminant COVID-19 infection and how these may be related to the ACE2 surface protein. The clinical response to a SARS-CoV-2 infection likely depends on three dominant factors, the initial viral load, integrity and strength of your immune system, and the number and configuration of the ACE2 surface proteins that serve as a portal of entry for the viral particles. As we discussed on the previous COVID-19 video, the coronavirus gains entry to the cytoplasm of our cells and commandeers the ribosomes and other protein-making machinery in the cytoplasm to make new copies of itself. With a limited initial viral load, a few particles enter the host cell, reproduce, and bud new viral particles that can then be detected by our immune system. <laughs> Thank you.
the immune system then develops antibodies against the virus, which keeps the virus in check. These patients would be asymptomatic carriers of SARS-CoV-2. However, with a large initial viral load or weakened immune system, an abundance of viral genetic material is available in the cytoplasm for reproduction, producing an overwhelming number of new viral particles that can then infect other cells in the body, starting a chain reaction in fulminant COVID infection. Like any chain reaction, there needs to be an... Yo, how could y'all think this ain't got nothing to do with God and each particle of COVID has 26 spike proteins? I mean, just that, like, I don't know, maybe that's my... Yeah, that might, that's my, that's a fact that it's 26 spike proteins on each particle. I guess everything else is conjecture. Strike that from the record. Let's get back to the science. My bad. Initial critical mass of material to sustain the process, which could explain the 10 to 14 day incubation period observed in many COVID patients. Epidemiologic analysis of COVID patients over the past few months have revealed some of the risk factors associated with a severe clinical response to SARS-CoV-2, including advanced age, baseline health, physical fitness, and diet. Theoretically, excluding the initial viral load and immune system integrity factors, initial data suggests all of this may be explained by the ACE2 surface protein and its relationship to the renin-angiotensin system. As we discussed, the two dominant active hormone configurations in the renin-angiotensin system are angiotensin-2 and angiotensin-1-7. Angiotensin-2 raises blood pressure in response to limited blood flow to the kidneys and appears to have inflammatory and atherogenic properties, meaning it causes plaques to form in the vessels of our body. Angiotensin-1-7, on the other hand, lowers blood pressure and appears to have anti-inflammatory and antioxidant effects reducing atherosclerotic disease in our vessels. As you can see, these two key hormones are in direct competition, and the dominant species is probably determined by the individual's baseline health status. In young, healthy, and physically fit individuals, angiotensin 1-7 is king. Now, mind you, I just want to make sure I add this in, because they seem to always forget to put this in, that this same renin angiotensin system is going to determine your body's melanin production. Just want to make sure I add that in because he's not going to add it. I'm going to add it for him. However, in a sedentary elderly individual with heart failure, hypertension, diabetes, and a poor diet, angiotensin 2 would rule. Of course, in a situation where angiotensin 1-7 is the dominant hormone, we would expect SHED-ACE to be working overtime, cleaving the external component of the ACE2 metalloprotein and thereby converting angiotensin-2 to angiotensin-1-7. Finally, let's assume the spike protein in the SARS-CoV-2 viral particle specifically recognizes the intact transmural ACE2 protein on our cell membranes. In healthy individuals with an abundance of angiotensin-1-7, most of the ACE2 proteins would have been cleaved reducing the number of potential viral gateways into our cells and limiting the chance of the cytoplasm reaching that genetic critical mass. However, in the chronically ill patient where angiotensin II dominates, most of the ACE2 surface proteins would remain intact, allowing many viral particle entry points, increasing the likelihood of a fulminant COVID infection. 
the binding and deformation of the intact proteins by coronavirus may further reduce the availability of the ACE2 enzyme, increasing vascular inflammation resulting in the local thrombosis of arteries in the body, which could explain the findings of stroke and ischemia in the fingers and toes in some patients. If this all turns out to be true, exogenous Shedase enzyme may be a powerful medication in the treatment of both hypertension and a SARS-CoV-2 infection. A lot of stuff to consider, and I'm sure as we learn more about the virus every day, some of these theories will be confirmed or revised, and more importantly, from this information, we will develop effective therapies to mitigate the clinical impact of a SARS-CoV-2 infection. As for now, as we relax some of the shelter-in-place mandates across the country, it's important to remember that the coronavirus is not going away, and we need to continue to be socially responsible as we reopen businesses and places of gathering. Personal hygiene is paramount, and personal protection devices should probably be done by the most susceptible members of our community during peak outbreaks of the virus in the months and years to come. A few more suggestions before we wrap this up. If the shelter-in-place mandate caused you to put on a few extra pounds with diet and discretion and lack of physical activity, time to get healthy again. In the warmer months, as humidity levels increase, the suspended water droplets in the air tend to drag viral particles to the ground, reducing their aerosolization and spread from a cough or sneeze. However, we're finding that the floor surfaces are covered with coronavirus, so it may be prudent to take off your shoes and leave them outside the house. Also, no such thing as a five-second rule. If it hits the ground, throw it away. Coronavirus is zoonotic, meaning it can pass from another species to humans. There are anecdotal reports of house pets harboring SARS. period you just got to have the nutrients so are you going to pay a thousand dollars to have this nutrient profile circulating in your blood or you're going to pay 65 dollars and you get all these herbs is it just me am i the only one that got 10 20 30 40 50 vitamin pill bottle herbal bottles all over the place why, why do I why do we do that why do we buy so many of these little things that we know we're not going to take 35 different pills herbal capsule you know you're not going to take all them things every day now there's blue magic you get Sabi's herbs Inky's herbs the harming herbs, key Irish mosses, and much more. Each spoonful with no capsules for just $65. Join us as we have a series of open forums to discuss 
the Urban Biochemist Guidebook 2023. The Urban Biochemist Guidebook is a series of talks centered around the newfound information that causes diabetes. Join us. Join us to get the science so you don't need the conspiracy. Learn how to protect yourself and your family. Peace. As we find out, they can initiate, create, cause, uh, exacerbate diabetes. This becomes a very, very, very important conversation. Click the link under this video to tap in as we discuss the top 16 anti-inflammatory doctor-saving approved herbs that down-regulate IL-1 beta, IL-6 and tumor necrosis holiday family. Many of you don't know that Dr. Sabi was about pioneering new research and being a trailblazer to create new ways to heal the people. At Melanin Diabetes Research Inc., we've adopted that spirit. We've adopted that drive. And we want you to tune in as we discuss the top herbs that are not Dr. Sabi approved. Don't tell nobody. But we think if Dr. Sabi was still alive, he would be studying those harming herbs that melanin diabetes research encounters. Tune in so you can learn about this new updated research it might save you and your family.
to solve that problem. To the Bronx, to the borough, five eight, the place. These are the breaks you can get shot in the face. Street music at its best, vibration turn flesh with no name. actually help someone with hypertension. And by the way, anything that they say is not meant to replace your medical care, don't. Y'all supposed to have dropped some bars in your house. You supposed to be freestyling in your house while you was looking at them articles. You wasn't, I'm ashamed of you. If you don't know how, it's okay. Stop taking your drugs unless you check with your doctor. But if you are on medication and you're not taking vitamin D, then you might want to consider taking it especially after what I'm going to tell you. There is a tremendous amount of research, which I'll put down below on this one topic. One of the most commonly prescribed drugs for hypertension is an ACE inhibitor. Now, I just released a video on the ACE receptor as it relates to COVID-19. You should check that out if you haven't seen it. Hypertension is one of the top risk factors for um, having complications from COVID-19. And out of all the people that are taking medication for hypertension, 48% of them are taking ACE inhibitors as the first medication to help them lower the pressure. All right, now, um, again, here's an example, a great, uh, let me uh, actually, Okay, yeah. <clears throat> so let me say this. Uh, where was we at? Okay. Homeboy was just getting ready to talk to you about the ACE inhibitors. We're going to go back to him, right? But I just wanted to show you, this is, again, a way that the chart, you know, you can use. Once you get the idea of how to move around on this chart, it's really going to be easy for you to get more concepts easily. And then also for you to be able to explain and teach from this chart. Right, but the ACE inhibitors is this black and white pill right here on here. So the ACE inhibitors, um, you know, there are a lot of studies out there that show the ACE inhibitors have been really effective at blocking COVID. Right. Here's the only problem with the ACE inhibitor. Well, not the only problem, but here's the major problem in terms of your nutrition. Right. ACE inhibitors destroy the body's ability to process potassium iron zinc and arginine so you you almost gotta like like you just gotta be i ain't gonna say destroy the body's ability like no that's it's just it depends people respond different but those are the those right there are going to be the central features of the you know the the downside to using ACE inhibitors for any reason not just for COVID or whatever but like for any reason this is a side effect of ACE inhibitors or rather 
this is a foundational aspect of ACE inhibitors. Just drop my goddamn cell phone. Um, but this is a uh now my God blessed cell phone. Let me rephrase that. But um, this is just a side effect of how ACE inhibitors function in your body. Period. So if you consume ACE inhibitors, know that you're gonna have potassium problems. If you have potassium problems, then where where does that lead to? Potassium problems leads to sodium problems, which leads you right around to high blood pressure anyway, right? So the ACE inhibitor can cause you to have high blood pressure without even getting all the way over here to angiotensin in the renin system alone. Just by messing with your body's potassium levels, you can cause high blood pressure, right? Alone, just by messing with the body's iron levels, an ACE inhibitor is possibly able to cause different variations of anemia. Alone, just by playing with the body's zinc levels, ACE inhibitors are able to um, weaken the immune system. Because zinc plays a major role in your immune system. It's like 2,000 different. Um, zinc has a, zinc is zinc is like the magnesium of the immune system. Like zinc has mad jobs, bro. Um, but then arginine, people hear arginine and they only, people that know about arginine only know about arginine in the herpes story. So arginine is like a, a recurring star in the herpes movie it's obviously not herpes so it's not the star of the movie but arginine is like the supporting you know like the the hero's mascot or his best friend best buddy like that's arginine so arginine is a bad rap you know because your body does need arginine for a wide variety of things uh it just has to be kept in check but arginine um, plays a key role in, in circulation and, and nitric oxide uh, balancing and just it has a but again uh, ACE inhibitors you know so this is an intrinsic effect that ACE inhibitors have on these three uh, minerals and then this amino acid right so anything that these uh, four nutrients are central to is liable to become problematic with the ACE inhibitors. Not likely for everybody. I'm not saying it's likely, like I'm trying to, you know, shovel shit on ACE inhibitors. I'm not. If you need them, you got to do what you got to do with your ACE inhibitors, champ. That's why we over here with the blue magic to try to prevent you from needing the ACE inhibitors. But once you need the ACE inhibitors, champ, you might need the ACE inhibitors. So if you in that space, then you just got to understand if you go into your usage with the ACE inhibitors, um, for whatever reason, you know, um, you can go in there with your eyes open and go, Hey doc, I was watching this crazy guy on the internet. He got gold teeth and all that. Listen, doc, I'm watching this crazy guy. Hold on. Let me see if, if I turn my lights off. Let me see if y'all can still see me. Cause oh, no, it's all right. well, that, that works even better though. It makes the story sound better. Doc. I was watching this crazy guy on YouTube. He be rapping in the middle of the health video and all that and turning off the lights so we can't even see him. We can only see his bottom teeth with the gold. 
Doc, I'm not sure this guy. He might be ripping people off, making up stuff on the internet. What What do you think, Doc? Is this a real thing, Doc? Do ACE inhibitors actually lower the body's levels of potassium? And what, Is this a real thing, Doc, that I should be aware of? If the doc says, hey, that guy with them gold teeth, ask him what school he went to. <laughs> if the doc say, ask him what school he went to, it's over. Don't even say nothing else after that. Just go somewhere and get you. Go get you some coconut water, some bananas. <laughs> right? Just go get you some kale salad or something. You know what I mean? Like, just go on ahead now. You didn't, you didn't, you know? But those are the things that you, you know, got to be aware of. So I just wanted to put that there while I'm going to be, you know, I start talking and then I just, you know, I'll be gone. So. Hold on. That's how I talk you to death. I will do it. Oh, hold on. There you go. Wait a minute, I remember the video. All right. Yeah, we saw that in there. Hey, so that's what we said. Okay, right there. I'll tell you, there is a tremendous amount of research, which I'll put down below on this one topic. One of the most commonly prescribed drugs for hypertension is an ACE inhibitor. Now, I just released a video on the ACE receptor as it relates to COVID-19, you should check that out if you haven't seen it. Hypertension is one of the top risk factors for um, having complications from COVID-19. And out of all the people that are taking medication for hypertension, 48% of them are taking ACE inhibitors as the first medication to help them lower the pressure. All right, what does ACE stand for? Angiotensin converting enzyme. So this drug inhibits this enzyme. And this enzyme relates to an entire system in your body, which is called renin angiotensin system, RAS. I and that system is what regulates the melanin production in your body. I want you to, every time you hear about renin angiotensin, 
I want you to, you hear high blood pressure, immediately think to your brain, okay, this is what Inky's talking about. I would keep putting this back into your brain. Okay, this is what Inky's talking about. This is why he's on the chart, right? And on the left side of the chart, you got your whole little legend. You know what I'm saying? So you see the bust pipe, boom, that's that. Just above the pipe is this right here. In the center is angiotensin, protein enzyme. That's at the center, just left of the center of the, uh, the I guess the, the arrows, I'll say, not the chart. At the center of the chart is actually the start with the blue arrow and it's pointing to the virus, right? And then from there, you know, you got a lot of red arrows, right, going to, right? You got arrows going to the virus from the sun, blue magic, ACE inhibitors, the COVID vaccine, and from melanin up here. Right. And then you got arrows coming from these guys going wherever they going and cycling back and some black arrows and red arrows. And this is the relationship. So just know right in the, here when you see angiotensin, there's a black arrow leading to melanin. And what does the black arrow mean? Modulate. Right. Modulate right here. This word modulate. That's what the black arrow means, modulate. So when we jump in here, we're going, we starting here, right? You see the viral particle, red arrow to the angiotensin. So now if this virus attacks the thing that controls your melanin production, That means by proxy, this virus is directly attacking your melanin production. Now, melanin is not defenseless. Melanin is also, it got a few tricks up its sleeve, right? Now, you are in a position to help this guy do what he wants to do by terraforming your inner uh, your inner landscape to be more hospitable for this guy or terraforming it to be more hospitable for this guy. But they bloods and crips, cops and robbers, you know, union versus the South. They, you know, that's what it is with them. Hats versus the McCoys. You know what I'm saying? The Hatfields and the McCoys. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it is. Right? So, again, this is where you add, you're able to navigate around this bad boy, right? Now, again, this is how they behave, period. So this angiotensin, see that black arrow, regulates blood pressure, just like it regulates melanin. Regulates blood pressure and melanin. So angiotensin, you know, I'm gonna let you deduce that. I didn't even wanna say that. I'm gonna just let you deduce. I don't want to explain anything else other than this system helps regulate blood pressure, fluid balance, electrolyte balance. So that's all you need to know. The next thing to know is this vitamin D lowers this system. Tons and tons of research. Okay. Now, my thought is that, and this is just my theory, 
that the reason why this is high in the first place is the person has a vitamin D deficiency. And why do I say that? Because 75% of the population has some level of deficiency with vitamin D. So this is something you definitely want to research yourself and bring up to your doctor if you're on medication. This is what I would recommend. 10,000 international units to 20,000 international units of vitamin D3 with vitamin K2. Vitamin K2 works with vitamin D. This alone will help to slow down the calcium buildup in the arteries. So this is very, very good as well. But if you're going to take this amount here, take 100 micrograms. If you're going to take this amount, take 200 micrograms of K2. Okay. Now, if someone tells you that that much vitamin D is toxic or it's going to create a problem, um, just have them show you evidence of that. There's actually no evidence of that whatsoever. I mean, if they tell you it's going to create uh, high calcium in the blood, it's called hypercalcemia. Just have them show you a reference. They won't be able to find it. The only reference on that shows that if you're taking like over 100,000 international units of vitamin D for a long period of time, potentially it could create uh, kidney stones. But if you're taking this amount, I've never seen anything negative about that. All right, if you were also to add some potassium to this, I think you would even be more successful. And I'm talking 1,000 milligrams a day because a potassium deficiency will cause high blood pressure as well. In fact, it will cause the arteries to stiffen if you're deficient in potassium. And you can get a lot of potassium if you also consume a larger amount of greens, like salad or vegetables. So anyway, I just wanted to bring this up. If you weren't aware of vitamin D in relationship to blood pressure, you definitely need to know about it because it's such an inexpensive solution to a very common problem. Yo, yo, chill. And you know who I'm talking to. Yo, if this is your favorite part of the video, you got problems, yo. Hold on. If this part of the video is your favorite part of the video, it's something wrong with you. If your eye keeps just only catching this lady's face getting mushed down into the ground, Something's wrong with you, okay? Stop it. It's not me, it's you. Something's wrong with you. Greens, like salad or stop vegetables. That. So anyway, I just wanted to bring this up. If you weren't aware of vitamin D in relationship to blood pressure, you definitely need to know about it because it's such an inexpensive solution to a very common problem.
Period. You just got to have the nutrients. So are you going to pay $1,000 to have this nutrient profile circulating in your blood? Or are you going to pay $65 and you get all these herbs? Is it just me? Am I the only one that got 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 vitamin pill bottle, herbal bottles all over the place? Why, why do I, why do we do that? Why do we buy so many of these little things that we know we're not going to take 35 different pills and capsule, herbal capsule? You know you're not going to take all them things every day. Now, there's Blue Magic. You get Sabi's Herbs, Inky's Herbs, the Harmine Herbs, Key Irish Mosses, and much more. Each spoonful with no capsules for just $65. And don't forget to read Join us as we have a series of open forums to discuss the Urban Biochemist Guidebook 2023. The Urban Biochemist Guidebook is a series of talks centered around the newfound information that causes diabetes. Join us. Join us to get the science so you don't need the conspiracy. Learn how to protect yourself and your family. Peace. As we find out, they can initiate, create, cause, uh, exacerbate diabetes. This becomes a very, very, very important conversation. Click the link under this video to tap in as we discuss the top 16 anti-inflammatory Dr. Saving approved herbs that downregulate IL-1, beta, IL-6, that Dr. Sabi was about pioneering new research and being the trailblazer to create new ways to heal the people. At Melanin Diabetes Research Inc., we've adopted that spirit. We've adopted that drive. And we want you to tune in as we discuss the top herbs that are not Dr. Sabi approved. Don't tell nobody. But we think if Dr. Sabi was still alive, he would be studying those harming herbs that melanin diabetes research in cats.
tune in so you can learn about this new updated research that might save you and your family. From the previous video, we learned that SARS-CoV-2, the virus responsible for COVID, seeks out a specific surface protein molecular target to gain access to our cells called ACE2, which stands for angiotensin-converting enzyme 2, a transmembrane zinc metalloprotein found in the lungs, GI tract, kidneys, and blood vessels. Their distribution would explain some of the presenting symptoms of COVID, including respiratory and GI distress, renal failure, and dementia. However, the clinical response spectrum to SARS-CoV-2 is quite broad, ranging from completely asymptomatic to death, suggesting variability in either the configuration or number of ACE2 targets from individual to individual. Over the next few minutes, <clears throat> hold on, just real quick to review those herbs, because I keep getting people texting me like, hold on, where's the link under the video? Yeah, it's in the previous urban. Uh, you gotta watch all of these forums. I know they're long, but you gotta watch them all. But just to give you a quick uh run, you know, quick run back, just to give you a quick run back, right? You got you got some right, you got really you really got basic uh you actually boom, we can do it right here. You got it right here, right? Look, here's the diabetes, right? This is Suge White, right? Remember Suge? Suge White. Then here in the background, you got an id. I mean, you got a heart, right? You got a heart. And this is inflammation, right? So put the heart to the, like the background, low opacity, whatever. But at the forefront, you see the the fire, which is symbolic of the, the, the you know, hell, you know, the inflammation, um, and the specific interleukins, right? ILB1, IL6, and tumor necrosis factor, right? And then obviously the yeah, blood pressure. Right? These these are the main things that we see as damage coming out of the virus. The virus now three years later. Right, we see the long-term damage is associated with the three major types of diabetes. So when you get the damage in the liver from the cells attacking the ACE2 there, you come down with type two diabetes symptoms because your body is having a problem metabolizing fat and insulin. Um, when it attacks the pancreas directly, you get type one symptoms because it's the beta cells have ACE2 proteins. Right. Um, when it attacks the brain, you, you know, your Alzheimer's begins to show and peak earlier, right? Type 3 diabetes, the amyloid plaques build up there in the brain. Um, so we did a show, ah, I want to say Sunday, maybe. And we talked about the, the diabetes herbs. And then the herbs that are not SABI approved that I was talking about with harming containing herbs or the harming metabolite containing herbs. And not that they're on the do not eat list. Don't confuse being on the do not eat list for just not being approved. Because if there are plants that you're not aware of that you haven't messed around with yet, technically they're not approved, but they're not also disapproved either. They just stuff you haven't really researched or fully researched to, to put out there to the people yet. So 
that was the harming herbs. But then we went through the specific herbs that are on most of Dr. Sabi's approved herbalists or use them as compounds to fight diabetes and how they work. And then of course, uh, we have some others that are in that list of uh, herbs that's not Sabi approved, like French lilac, right? But French lilac is where they get metformin from. So metformin is uh, synthesized from this herb. This herb that they've been using to fight diabetes as long as people been on this planet. They've been using that plant right there to fight diabetes. French lilac is purple and it is the central feature of purple phase. And that's why that, that, that plant right there put the purple in purple phase. Right, and um, also we have sarsaparilla up in here. Um, in the purple phase, we have the sarsaparilla up in there. Anyway, but this is just for diabetes, though. Right, and obviously over here we got the products: Team Harmony. You know, the capsules, the gel, the purple phase. Um, and then the center here; these are the central feature herbs that attack those, you know, so that's why these are grouped like this, right? So you see the vessels, the bottles, the containers for the nutrients, right? The vessels, right, control the nutrients which attack diabetes. And then if you notice the diabetes, her uh, nutrients also attack the inflammation, you see it. The arrow coming like straight down into the inflammation. Then you got the inflammation herbs going straight across attacking. But even down here, the diabetes set, and down here, I mean, the blood pressure set, and the blood pressure set is a little different because with the blood pressure set, you have NAD, NMN, you know, that right there is a nutrient. Um, so typically you might think that it should be over here or the new team, maybe you think it should be over here. You know what I'm saying? But I had a little more debate with myself about where, where I should put them up in terms of the black line. But the black line was the key as a modulator. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna put these guys here. These are the modulators. So these are the modulators in blood pressure. Look them up if you don't believe me. And cinnamon is another one like uh, chamomile. You think chamomile is a sucker. It's like you think cinnamon is a sweet thing, but cinnamon metabolizes sugar and it also lowers blood pressure. So I know I didn't turn my mic on, the sound is low, but deal with it. That could just work. The clinical response to a SARS-CoV-2 revealed some of the risk factors of the ACE2 enzyme in the warmer months as humidity levels in latent type 1 for over house. Also, no such thing as a five-second rule. If it hits the ground, throw it away. Coronavirus is zoonotic, meaning it can pass from another species to humans. There are anecdotal reports of house pets harboring SARS. Having had a COVID-19 infection increased your risk for the development of diabetes subsequently. Some data says yes, other data says no. 
no matter what, it's obviously important to screen people for diabetes routinely, pandemic or not. And remember, screening should start at age 35. But in terms of COVID, for over a decade, we have known that SARS-type viruses bind to beta cells. And this could cause either direct damage to the beta cell or in some way trigger beta cell autoimmunity. Secondly, we also know that COVID infection increases the levels of inflammatory mediators, which could cause damage to beta cells and potentially insulin receptors. So there is a potential that having had a COVID-19 infection could increase rates of either developing type 1 and or type 2 diabetes. However, there are other possible causes for people to develop diabetes after having had a COVID infection, which includes the fact that having COVID could cause one to seek medical care and unmask latent type 1 and or type 2 diabetes by causing infection-related insulin resistance and worsen pre-existing mild hyperglycemia. Additionally, people could have sought more medical care in the years since the pandemic has been ebbing, which may make it look like cases have increased. For example, during the worst of the pandemic, I had multiple referrals for, quote, COVID-caused new-onset diabetes, only to find that the patient had an A1C level above 10% and a history of mildly elevated blood glucose levels in the past. This suggests to me that COVID did not cause their diabetes per se, but rather worsened an underlying glucose abnormality. And since the pandemic has improved, I have also seen people diagnosed with type 2 diabetes that I think is associated with pandemic-related weight gain and inactivity. But the bigger issue is what is happening to people after COVID infection who lack risk factors? What about those who we didn't think were at high risk to get diabetes to begin with and didn't have prediabetes? An article by Zai and Al Ali in the Lancet Diabetes Endocrinology showed an increase in rates of diabetes in a large VA cohort in those who had had COVID-19 infection compared both to a contemporaneous control who did not have COVID as well as a historical control. They looked at the patient data one year after they'd had COVID. So it wasn't the immediate post-COVID phase, but several months later. And what they found was the risk of incident type 2 diabetes development was increased by 40% after adjusting for many risk factors. And this included individuals who didn't have traditional risk factors before they developed type 2 diabetes. So what does this mean clinically? First, pandemic or not, people need screening for diabetes and encouragement to have a healthy lifestyle. There may be an increased risk for the diagnosis of type 2 diabetes post-COVID-19 infection due to a variety of different mechanisms. As for people with type 1 diabetes, we also don't know if having had a COVID-19 infection increases their risk, but we do know that there was an increase in the severity of DKA presentation during the pandemic. 
So we need to be sure that we reinforce sick day rules with our patients with type 1 diabetes and be sure all individuals with type 1 diabetes have the ability to test their ketone levels at home. In people with new onset diabetes, whether type 1 or type 2, caused by COVID or not, we need to treat appropriately based on their clinical situation. Data from registries started during the pandemic will provide more definitive answers and help us find out if there is a relationship between having had COVID-19 infection and developing diabetes. And perhaps that can help us better understand the mechanisms behind the development of diabetes overall. Thank you. Oh, worrying research in the UK is suggesting a link between coronavirus and diabetes. A team of researchers from the King's College London and Monash University has created a database of information that relates to COVID and type 2 diabetes. And their research has shown that people with type 2 diabetes are more likely to suffer severe symptoms of the disease. They've also claimed that there's mounting evidence suggesting that COVID could actually cause people to become diabetic. Well, to talk more about this, we're jo joined now by Dr. Ravi Mohan, Chairman and Chief Chief Diabetologist, Dr. Mohan's Diabetes Speciality Center, and Shubha Banot, Chief Diabetes Educator, Max Healthcare People, uh, Max Healthcare Hospital. Thank you so much, Doctor, for joining us. Uh, Dr. Mohan, first to you, very, very concerning the findings of this uh, research, a link possibly that, uh, you know, coronavirus could lead to diabetes. Let me explain it. Uh, so when COVID came and with it before that, even the lockdown itself increased the risk of diabetes because it's very simple. People get scared, their stress goes up, their depression level goes up, then they can't exercise properly, then they're eating unhealthy food, they put on weight. All these are risk factors for diabetes. So this we knew for some time that diabetes uh, can be produced by COVID. Then one more thing which happened is that you give steroids. When you have very severe COVID, steroids are given. And steroids kind of shoot up the blood sugar levels. I've seen many cases of uh, steroid-induced diabetes coming after the COVID. Now, this uh, COVID registry which has been set up was to study. I'm also part of it, actually. King's College uh, yes. Hospital, Dr. Rubin, uh, Rubina. And uh, we have from Monash University, Dr. Paul Zimmet, both are colleagues of mine, and I am very much for representing yes. India in that registry. And we have contributed many cases to that registry already, about eight to 10 cases of new onset diabetes after COVID. Following all the criteria from our uh, center, we have actually put into the registry. Overall in the world, at last count, about 600 odd cases of new onset diabetes are already there in the registry, and the number is growing. Now, what is new is what you pointed out. The, the registry has been there, but the registry is trying to find out whether COVID actually produces diabetes, not by stress or depression or anxiety or other things or by not eating properly, but by going and damaging the beta cells. Till now, it was only a theory. But just as of last week, the first experimental evidence has been shown. This is published in Nature Medicine, where they have shown the virus inside the pancreatic beta cell. So the, the pancreatic beta cell uh, in the pancreas has certain receptors, the ACE2 receptor and the TM3S receptor. Now to that, the COVID can, the virus can go and uh, the coronavirus can go and attach itself. And they've actually shown two things. One, they've shown inside the beta cell, the virus actually there. And they also showed that if you give drugs like remdesivir, which is used to treat the COVID, then the amount of destruction of the beta cells is actually less. And in cases where it was not given, and they also done autopsy studies. In those who died, three, four cases, they took their pancreas out. And within the pancreas, they're able to show 
the virus actually right. sitting inside the pancreas. So there is proof that yes, it can produce, but I don't think that's the commonest cause of the diabetes. The commonest cause is still steroid induced. Because so oh, much of steroid right. is given that the number of cases, but there could be a small fraction of those cases which is actually produced by damage to the beta cells by COVID itself. All right, Shubhra Bhanur, what has the experience been, uh, you know, at Max Healthcare, and then what sort of advice do you give patients uh, who, you know, are who have recovered from a coronavirus, also those who have diabetes already? So uh, we have to understand that people with diabetes, they experience more severe symptoms of uh, COVID-19. And in the study that we published in December, we had seen that 50% of people who had pre-existing diabetes, and there were 21 uh, patients who got, uh, you know, uh, new onset hyperglycemia. We saw that the patients who had diabetes who had pre-existing diabetes, we saw that they uh, they had they required long stay in the hospital. There were more ICU admissions of the people who had diabetes. They required oxygen. The mortality rate was also more, even with people with hypertension. So the advice that I would like to give uh, to people who have diabetes is to please manage their diabetes and hypertension. Go visit doctors. Do not miss their medications. If the vaccination is scheduled, please take your vaccines. Don't be scared of taking vaccines. Um, regular exercise, healthy diet. And if you have recovered from COVID-19 and if you have diabetes, please make sure that your diabetes is still under control. You're visiting your doctors, you're getting your complications checked, and you are monitoring your sugars, and you're taking your diabetes medications. And uh, moreover than that, you're right. taking your diet very, very carefully. You're taking your diet, which builds your immunity, proteins, calcium, vitamins, uh, antioxidants, all in place because, uh, you know, the, the vaccine is here, but the scare is still there. COVID right. numbers are increasing and uh, we have to be really, really careful. Here. So and, we have uh, to remain alert. To be right. Dr. Moore, I want to ask you, those who don't have diabetes but have had COVID now and, you know, are watching right now and are concerned about this, what do they have to look out for? Um, if you really don't have diabetes, the overall, as Shubhda said, the, the severity, the morbidity, the mortality is much lower in people without diabetes. Of course, you could have other things like hypertension, heart disease, respiratory disease, which also makes up. But if you don't have any of that, you're a healthy person, mostly like a common flu or even without any symptoms, it disappears. But having said that, again, COVID comes into play here because if you have, say, pre-diabetes and you are on the verge of becoming diabetic, then this COVID acts as a kind of trigger. Any, any trigger is enough to push you into diabetes. And here you're sitting on the wall, ready to jump into the diabetic side or to the normal side. And COVID just comes and gives you a little push and makes you diabetic. Uh, so, but the good news is that again, if you look after your diet, exercise, if you're overweight, lose weight, perhaps you can revert and go back to normal unless the COVID has damaged your beta cells here permanently. That doesn't seem to be a, the, the case. We have with Dr. Anup Mishra and uh, myself, we published a major paper on all the new onset cases after diabetes in India. And it looks as if it's just a worsening. We, what we did is we compared last year's cases to the previous year's cases, just to see. And we found it is all higher. HbA1c is higher, sugar is higher. But we didn't find the, the C-peptide, which is a measure of pancreatic insulin secretion, that didn't go down so much like as if the beta cells have all been damaged. So that's good news as far as India is concerned. But we still have to study it. When the registry is totally analyzed, we will know how many cases actually were produced 
by damaging the penis. All right. And diabetes is anyway such a big worry in our country. It's a ticking time bomb, as you doctors say again and again. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Mohan and, uh, doc and uh, Shifta, so for joining us on the show today. So thanks for having me. So we've held. So thanks for having me. So we've held for a long time. So thanks for having me. So we've known for a long time, doctor, that diabetics are much more likely to suffer from severe cases of COVID. What can you tell us about this other possible connection to diabetes and COVID? We've seen an increased um, number of studies coming out over the last couple of months showing an association between people that have had COVID and subsequently developed diabetes. Um, this is both type 1 and type 2, type 2 diabetes, mostly type 2 diabetes in adults. Um, but we do see an increasing number, including a study that came out in Lancet a week ago that shows a pretty strong correlation, about a 40% increased risk of diabetes in the year following COVID-19 diagnosis for people that have recovered. Wow. So that, that's somewhat new information. And I would say just clinically, we've seen cases of people developing new, new diagnosis bang, of diabetes bang, in that setting, but haven't really put bang, two, two together bang, completely. Bang, so this is helpful. Well, how can some people through the Delta surges, the Omicron surge. What do you need to know about their potential risk here? One important thing to point out here with all of these studies is that they, they really stopped looking at patients in early 2021 for the most part. And so these are mostly COVID diagnoses from 2020 with a year of follow-up and then subsequent time to analyze the data. And so we really don't know what bang, vaccination has bang, done to this bang, correlation, bang, if anything. Bang, um, and I would say sicker patients. And so, you know, I think the jury's still out on what Omicron will, will hold. Will it be a 40%, 30% increase or something less than that in the setting of vaccines? I think it's possible. Well, kids we know have a lower risk uh, for severe COVID symptoms. So what can you tell us about their risk for long-term problems like diabetes? In general, kids fortunately have less of a risk of long COVID symptoms. Um, that's also true for diabetes. Um, there, there is an association that the CDC has described um, and that several studies have shown as well between kids developing type 1 diabetes predominantly um, and after a COVID diagnosis. So there is an association there, but in general, most long COVID symptoms are less in kids who are vaccinated. And again, um, most of this data comes from the pre-vaccination era, so we really don't know what vaccinations will, will do to these kind of associations or numbers. Got it. Okay. They're concerned. What are some early symptoms to watch out for? So for diabetes, if, you, if you're undiagnosed, you might start to uh, urinate a lot more frequently, be very, very thirsty, and be losing weight in an unexpected way. And so if you have those kind of symptoms, those are pretty specific for a new diagnosis of diabetes, and you should, you should seek medical attention, I would say, whether you've had COVID or not. All right, Dr. Brian Hollenbeck at New England Baptist. Dr. Hollenbeck, thanks for your time. Study there. And I'm kind of left to wonder if there are dueling mechanisms there. One is that it reduces insulin production, and two, it increases insulin resistance. Does that make it type 1 diabetes? Does that make it type 2 diabetes or a form that we haven't even seen before? What a sophisticated question, Chuck. Um, I'm learning. <laughs> the answer, you, you're spot on. Uh, when the beta cells don't work right, that makes it like type 1. Type 1 diabetes used to be called childhood onset. That's because something has attacked the beta cells in the child's pancreas, so they're not making insulin anymore. And that can be sort of a partial thing. It can also happen rather gradually. Um, and you can see it in adults. So what you're saying is exactly right. It's got that trait of type 1.
but with the liver being insulin resistant, that's type two. Um, so it's got really the worst of both worlds. Um, good news is that we know that insulin resistance can be improved. It's extremely dynamic, meaning, meaning it can change and it changes based on what you eat. And uh, uh, research from our team, uh, headed by Dr. Kalioba, also showed that the diet can protect the beta cells to a degree. Uh, she found that beta cell function seems to improve on plant-based diets. So bottom line, you want to be on a healthy diet, but you also need to have really good medical care when you're dealing with COVID. You need to get the, the, the viral load has to be um, contained. Is it just me? Am I the only one that got 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 vitamin pill bottle, herbal bottles all over the place? Why do, I, why do we do that? Why do we buy so many of these little things and we know we're not going to take 35 different pills and capsule pills, herbal capsule? You know you're not going to take all them things every day. Now, there's Blue Magic. You get Sabi's herbs, Inky's herbs, the Harmine herbs, key Irish mosses, and much more. Each spoonful with no capsules for just $65. And All right. Just for a family in the chat, somebody asked about NNN, the drug sold as a supplement. All right. So we want to talk about maybe there's a distinction we might want to make between natural compounds that boost NAD and, and B3 and tryptophan metabolism uh, uh, in this, this here. Um, but no, as of right now, they're still rocking and rolling with MNN channel. Right now, they're still rocking and rolling. So there are some people that don't even think this is a real thing. I'm going to be honest. I'm not telling you, that's, that's my opinion. I'm just telling you that some people feel like this is just a promotion scandal because they're reporting this and then they're creating the fear that the product will be removed and then people will go run out and go crazy and buy them all up. So again, look, look what they said right here. Look, as of today, panic buying has slowed down. So they created panic buying of their own product with their own articles. So I'm not saying that their articles are incorrect. I'm just saying there are people that are saying that there's an alternative, ulterior motive. There's possibly another motive behind this information being posted the way it is. So, um, yeah. Right? And it has nothing to do with the potencies. This is a, a catch-22 thing because they isolated it from some natural sources and blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, okay, here's the conundrum. Is this the natural thing? Is this the drug? What are we going to do with this? So anyway. Let's get us back to work. Let's get us back to work. We were... Where was I? I know where I was at. I'm the only one that got 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 vitamin pill bottle, herbal bottles all over the place. 
Why, why, do I, why do we do that? Why do we buy so many of these little things that we know we're not going to take 35 different pills and capsule, herbal capsule? You know you're not going to take all them things every day. Now, there's blue magic. You get Sabi's herbs, Inky's herbs, the harming herbs, key Irish mosses, and much more. Each spoonful with no capsules for just sixty-five dollars. What? Don't forget to refresh the payment stream. In the yard, listen. That was a great question, and I respect the question, sis, about the moringa. But you got to understand that in today's world, moringa is the fried chicken of the herbal community. Moringa has been fried, dyed, and laid to the side. It's been hybridized and regrown in so many different places besides its mother environment, besides its home habitat. It's very difficult to get real moringa. You got to be careful that moringa might be worse than fried chicken, period. You just got to have the nutrients. So are you going to pay $1,000 to have this nutrient profile circulating in your blood, or are you going to pay $65? It's time for us to sit down and be real. Ain't nobody got $1,500 to be buying no herbal packages for the whole family. It's too much money. It's not a Floyd Mayweather video. We want you to have At the end of the day, you got to save. So we created a buy one, get one free so that you can get $1,000 worth of nutrition into your family's bloodstream and then give away a jar of blue magic. Seed a new house with a transformation. Buy one, get one free. Give one away to somebody who needs it. Buy one, get one. Tell the free one and get your damn money back. Time to get a COVID-19 update here on the exam room podcast. As we record this, nearly 470,000 people here in the U.S. have died. More than 27 million have been infected. And now we are looking at the link between COVID-19 and diabetes. There is an alarming new uh, piece of uh, me medical data out there that says that people who get COVID-19, perhaps that may even be causing diabetes. You see this headline right here in the Washington Post. It says it all new diabetes cases linked to COVID-19. And I wanted to talk more in depth about that. And to do that, I wanted to welcome Dr. Neil Barnard back to the exam room live to, to talk not just about what this new study is showing, what doctors are seeing now, but also about the risk of COVID-19 for people who already have diabetes. So Dr. Barnard, thank you so very much for being here. Thank you, Chuck. Uh, let's go ahead and start with the risk for people who already have diabetes. What are some of the challenges that they face that people who don't uh, when they become infected? Yeah, this is so important, Chuck. And in fact, we saw this right at the beginning of the pandemic. Let me show you uh, a slide here. 
Um, when you looked, this is, these are data from China. As soon as the pandemic emerged, people who did not have diabetes turned out to have much lower risk of dying of the disease than people who did have diabetes. In other words, if you, if you had diabetes and the virus came into your home and you were infected with it, you were more, much more likely to die than people who didn't have diabetes. Okay. And then they looked at, it wasn't just, did you have diabetes? It was, was your diabetes in poor control? 11% mortality, good control, 1% mortality. And for people who know the numbers, uh, poor control was an A1C of 8.1%. Uh, good control was an A1C of 7.3%. Uh, if you have diabetes, you've been saying, well, wait a minute, um, I want to get below seven for good control, and, and you're right. The point being, you got diabetes, COVID is bad. It's going to increase your risk of a uh, bad outcome, meaning you need to be hospitalized, uh, uh, need to be on a ventilator, need to be in the ICU, perhaps even increase the risk of dying. But if we get in control, healthier diet, getting making sure your medications are up to date and so forth, it looks like we can greatly reduce COVID mortality because that's where we were um, with that. But now, Chuck, uh, as you mentioned from, from the Washington Post study, we've got diabetes appearing in COVID-19 patients. And can I run you through the new study? Absolutely, you can. Go right okay. ahead. All right. What it was was a meta-analysis. And the reason we did it, or not we, but the researchers did this meta-analysis, was because an alarming new trend was finding. It was exactly the reverse direction of the problem. It wasn't that uh, people had diabetes and then COVID was a problem. It was people got COVID, they end up in a hospital, and suddenly they've got diabetes, which they didn't have before. Okay, here's what, what happened. It's a meta-analysis combining four studies done in China, two studies done in Italy, two studies done in the US. We put all the results together to see what we, have, uh, what we can find. Now, the average patient was uh, between about 47 to 65 years of age. These were the, the age ranges for people. And let me show you the, the results straight out of the paper. Now, this will look a little confusing, but let me walk you through it. This is what we call a forest plot. Uh, statisticians came up with that name because it, they thought it creates sort of a forest of data. Every line here is a study, every horizontal line, like the Li study from China the Zhu study from China, the Wang study from China, and so forth. Then there's a little black dot that if the dot is to the right of that uh, vertical black line, then that means that people hospitalized with COVID were more likely to come down with diabetes. And as you can see, all of the little black dots are to the right of that black line. And, and full stop. We want to make sure we highlight that part. I'm going to rewind that again. I want to listen to how they was putting the study together. They was like, okay, we're going to put the study together. And if any of these uh, little rectangle black spots here fall to the right of this big black line, well, that means shit's hitting the fan for these specific groups that are on the right side of this line. <laughs> I really don't think that they thought that every dot would statistically calculate to wind up on the right side of the line. I just want to point that out. We keep on going. For people. And let me show you the, the results straight out of the paper. Now, this will look a little confusing, but let me walk you through it. This is what we call a forest plot. Uh, statisticians came up with that name because it, they thought it creates sort of a forest of data. Every line here is a study, every horizontal line, like the Li study from China the Zhu study from China, the Wang study from China, and so forth. Then 
there's a little black dot that if the dot is to the right of that uh, vertical black line, then that means that people hospitalized with COVID were more likely to come down with diabetes. And as you can see, all of the little black dots are to the right of that black line. And so they then made the little red dotted line to try to create an average. And the average they came up with was 14.4% of people hospitalized with COVID are gonna get diabetes. Now that took us by surprise um, because what that means is that means that suddenly you've got a complication that means the disease management of the COVID is gonna be harder because you, you didn't walk in with diabetes, but now you've got it. Uh, what's going on here? Why could this be? Well, it may be that some cases were just not diagnosed before, maybe. Uh, a more likely explanation is that when people are sick, uh, from a variety of things, including infections, diabetes can manifest. In other words, they were teetering on the edge, but in their body's reaction to the illness, the diabetes becomes manifest with a high blood sugar. More to it, um, the virus, the coronavirus, will attack your beta cells. Beta cells are in your pancreas. They've got a big job. They are making insulin. And if the virus is attacking your beta cells, do you think you can make insulin normally? No, you can't. So your blood sugar rises and it's like you got diabetes, which in fact, yeah. Now the, the virus will do more. It can attack liver cells. And we have talked many times on this show about how when liver cells and muscle cells are filled with fat, the insulin resistance will kick in, but it looks like the virus can short circuit that, attacking the liver cells, causing insulin resistance very rapidly within a matter of days. What's happening? Okay, so A, you've got an infection, that means your blood sugar control is gonna be bad. B, your beta cells are being hammered by this virus, so you can't make insulin. C, it's hitting your liver, and so the, the liver doesn't respond well to insulin, so your blood sugar goes, goes up. Uh, the good news is that you can still recover, with good care, and we do not know yet what happens to people who have been diagnosed with diabetes that seem to come from COVID, what happens to them in the future. When they recover from COVID, will the diabetes be gone? Stay tuned. We're going to have an answer for you as time goes on. So that's where we are. That's, uh, I mean, just a, a fascinating uh, study there. And Research today that links the coronavirus to yet another lifelong medical condition. As medical reporter Liz Bonus explains, researchers are now tracking patients to see if COVID-19 can give you diabetes. Hey there, hello to you. This connection to diabetes first started showing up according to the National Institutes of Health this past summer. Researchers tracking deaths from COVID-19 reported 40% of those who died from the coronavirus had diabetes, leaving researchers to wonder if the connection to it goes both ways. So now researchers are gathering diabetes information in those diagnosed with the virus to find out more. They want to know not just why some people only seem to get mild symptoms when diagnosed with the coronavirus, Luckily for me, my symptoms were pretty light. Um, I had loss of taste, loss of smell for about three weeks. But whether or not those diagnosed with diabetes after getting the coronavirus are getting it because of the virus itself. In some cases, in those with the coronavirus, it does appear. It's more like a persistent inflammatory state where their immune system has been turned on against COVID uh, and continues to cause them symptoms even though the virus is gone and type 1 diabetes is an autoimmune disease. 
Jesse Eden has lived with it since age 14. It's a constant struggle, you know, I, I mean, if you're, if you're having lows, if you're having highs, you know, it's just something that needs to constantly be watched. Type 1 diabetes requires the hormone insulin to keep blood sugar levels in normal ranges for survival. Jesse, who is one of our former Sinclair colleagues, doesn't know what caused her diabetes, but it's long been known that sometimes it does develop after a person has a serious viral illness. Jesse has not had COVID-19. She is keeping her body healthy and the baby living inside her with the help of this pump connected to a device that monitors her blood sugar levels all the time. I've been basically prepping my health for about two years now um, to be prepared for this journey. Um, I wasn't completely sure if I could even have kids safely. Since so many may be headed toward similar concerns, if, as it appears, the coronavirus causes diabetes, researchers are now tracking patients through a national database worldwide. At the King's College in London, according to Reuters, those who track metabolic diseases, such as diabetes, are collecting patient cases globally. Reuters reports more than 300 doctors have applied to share cases for review. More are expected as infections of COVID-19 flare up again. In addition to this global registry, the U.S. National Institutes of Health now also funding new studies to find out just how the coronavirus may cause high blood sugar levels in diabetes. Now, researchers are calling this one of the great mysteries of COVID-19. They don't know if it could give you that type 1 diabetes or a type 2 diabetes, or perhaps even a whole new type we've never even heard about until now. Those living with this disease, however, want you to know with the right team, you can live a healthy life. Proof of that, just a few days ago, Jesse gave birth to Violet Grace. My <laughs> Period. You just got to have the nutrients. So are you going to pay $1,000 to have this nutrient profile circulating in your blood? Or are you going to pay $65 and you get all these herbs? Is it just me? Am I the only one that got 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 vitamin pill bottle herbal bottles all over the place why, why do i why do we do that why do we buy so many of these little things that we know we're not going to take 35 different pills every herbal capsule you know you're not going to take all them things every day now there's blue magic you get sabi's herbs inky's herbs the harming herbs, key Irish mosses, and much more. Each spoonful with no capsules for just $65. And don't forget to read the
Join us as we have a series of open forums to discuss the Urban Biochemist Guidebook 2023. The Urban Biochemist Guidebook is a series of talks centered around the newfound information that causes diabetes. Join us. Join us to get the science so you don't need the conspiracy. Learn how to protect yourself and your family. As we find out that can initiate, create, cause, uh, exacerbate diabetes, this becomes a very, very, very important conversation. Click the link under this video to tap in as we discuss the top 16 anti-inflammatory doctor saving approved herbs that downregulate IL-1 beta, IL-6 and tumor necrosis Dr. Sabi was about pioneering new research and being a trailblazer to create new ways to heal the people. At Melanin Diabetes Research, Inc., we've adopted that spirit. We've adopted that drive. Down the As we discuss the top herbs that are not Dr. Sabi approved. Don't tell nobody. But we think if Dr. Sabi was still alive, he would be studying those harming herbs that melanin diabetes research in cats. Tune in so you can learn about this new updated research that might save you and your family. Bring it up about a We're learning it up about a potential link between coronavirus and type 1 diabetes. The results of two new studies just came out by the disease. Here's Adriana D'Alba. Well, this new study sheds more light on the lingering effects of COVID-19 or long COVID. It found in some cases a COVID recovery is just the beginning of other serious health issues. 
As researchers take a closer look at the long-term effects of COVID-19, two new NIH-backed studies found some people may develop diabetes after a COVID-19 infection. The studies found COVID destroys cells in the pancreas that produce insulin and that the decrease in insulin leads to high glucose. It's like a double whammy. Dr. Ananda Basu is a professor of medicine at UVA. We'll have to see whether that ends up in creating diabetes in these people who did not have diabetes in the past. It's unknown how many COVID patients develop diabetes or if it's permanent or resolved. Dr. Elizabeth Broderick is a physician at the Children's Clinic in Newport News. This virus has really figured out a door to get into our cells. And then because so many people have had COVID in the United States, we may see subsequent cases of diabetes that they otherwise never would have had. UVA plans to do its own research. If the university gets the funding it needs from the NIH, it'll take an even closer look at the possible link between COVID-19 and diabetes. Adriana de Alba, 13 News Now. And some of the signs of diabetes include thirst, increased urination, unintended weight loss, and fatigue. If you have these symptoms, you should get your blood sugar tested. as well. Um, so that's 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 super interesting. Um, but as you mentioned, yes, randomized control trials are key. And there have been, um, I've seen, you know, one stronger but small trial that was published, um, was it back in September, that found this was at, I think it was in, was it Spain, perhaps? Yes. Yep. It was uh, it was October. I've, I've got it pulled up here. October uh, of 2020, and it was a Spanish. Uh, it was Marta Castillo who published. She was the lead author on this one out of Spain. Um, there was a little issues with the randomization, so probably the effect was over uh, overemphasized. But if you look at the effects, they were quite dramatic. There in the calcifediol group. Let's just back up a little bit. What's calcifediol? That's the name that we give to 25 hydroxy vitamin D. So in this. In this study, they didn't give just vitamin D. They gave the product of the metabolism in the liver of, of vitamin D. Now, do you think that's important for someone that is undergoing, let's say, I mean, if you're if you're so sick and maybe your liver's not working properly, your kidneys aren't working, I mean, how are you going to convert these vitamin D metabolites into this steroid hormone, right? So um, do you think it's important to give someone that more, you know, more downstream, like an active form versus vitamin D3, for example? Exactly. And so that's the question is whether, because it takes some time for the vitamin D to be metabolized in the liver. Some, I've seen some people say up to, you know, seven days, it probably is a little bit less than that. But when you have uh, when you're giving vitamin D in the acute situation, uh, it doesn't really matter if you're just uh, supplementing over a long period of time and you're hoping to prevent yourself from having uh, a bad outcome with COVID-19. But if you've already got COVID-19, what what they may be saying here is that supplementing not with vitamin D, pr the, pr the product prior to liver metabolism, but in fact, calcifediol, 25-hydroxy vitamin D, might be a more efficacious intervention. And that's what they did in this study. Mm. And you know, another thing that sort of brings to my mind, um, you'd mentioned the the pre-pandemic studies looking at randomized control trials looking at the role of vitamin D supplementation in preventing respiratory tract infections. Uh, I believe it was Martinow, uh, yes. that was the, the, the senior author on that. Yes. And what was so interesting about those meta-analyses was that they found weekly doses, daily doses, 
worked, but monthly doses did not in terms of protecting against acute respiratory tract infections. That's yeah. And to me, it's like, we can't learn from past, like (laughs) there's something wrong. We need, you know, so when you're designing a clinical trial, you need to be familiar with literature and see, oh, there's these meta-analysis showing that monthly doses don't work. Maybe we shouldn't design the trial that way. Maybe we shouldn't just do one large dose, which um, I think I've seen a preprint floating around uh, for the, for COVID-19 where there was one large dose and there was no effect. Yes. Um, yeah, you're referring to the, uh, the Brazilian study where they gave 200,000 international units at the very beginning. Yes, I don't believe it's peer reviewed yet. Am You're I correct. am I correct? At least on that that I haven't saying? seen it yet. Okay. Um, the, this right. study, though, this Spanish study, where they they gave something called calcifidiol, which is again it's twenty five hydroxy, and it's this is not an over the counter medication. This is a prescription only. It's usually prescribed by nephrologists in patients with renal disease that have very high pro you know uh, uh, procalcitonin or not procalcitonin but parathyroid hormone levels. And they gave it on day one, they gave it on day, I believe, three, and then uh, again at day seven. And what they found was in the calcifidiol group, there was only 2% that went to the intensive care unit, whereas in the placebo group, 50% of those went to the intensive care unit. So that's a a very, very marked number. Uh, Again, there was, uh, I think the, the British recently got together and looked at all of the data and you may have known they, they made a uh, recommendation that there still was not enough evidence to uh, cause supplementation to prevent COVID-19. Um, interestingly, they discounted this Spanish study because they felt that the uh, the randomization was not good enough. But uh, there's been some mathematicians that have looked at this study and said that it would be impossible for that randomization to fully describe what happened in this study. In other words, they believe that there there was an effect of calcifidiol in in this study. Join us as we have a series of open forums to discuss the Urban Biochemist Guidebook 2023. The Urban Biochemist Guidebook is a series of talks centered around the newfound information that causes diabetes join us join us to get the science so you don't need the conspiracy learn how to protect yourself and your family peace welcome to today's talk it's thursday the 12th of august now, I've been studying a bit about diabetes and COVID for the last couple of days. And um, of course, we know that people with diabetes are more prone to getting more serious COVID-19. But there's evidence starting to emerge from various countries that COVID-19 increases people's risk of developing diabetes. Now, we hope it's not a lot, but there does seem to be an element here. So we're going to look at some of the research about that today. So what I think is a good idea, if someone has had COVID-19, or indeed thinks they have had it, then why not go to your healthcare provider and get your blood sugar checked? Because that's the simplest way to test for diabetes. And I'm going to show you how easy it is now. I'm just going to, I'm just going to take my blood sugar. Hopefully it won't take too long at all. And you'll see how uh, quick and easy the procedure is. 
So um, this is a fairly standard uh, testing unit for home testing. So I'm just going to give my finger a quick prick on the side like that. Can you see? There we go. I think we've just about got some blood. Yeah, there we go. These prickers are so atraumatic, really, you hardly feel it. Then you put the blood sample on the test piece on there. Does a quick test. And then it gives us the... So my blood sugar is currently 5.9, which is within the normal, normal, completely normal range. It's pretty amazing, really, because I, I, I had something to eat just about an hour ago, and now my blood sugar's 5.9, so that's absolutely fine. But anyway, that, that's it. That, that is it. I've just tested my blood sugar level, and from that, I don't see any indication, I'm pleased to say, that, that I'm developing uh, diabetes from, from that figure. So why not? If you've had COVID, you think you've had COVID, just go and get it checked, and it's, you know, it's the simplest, easiest thing, and then you can be reassured. Because the thing about diabetes is it can creep up on you. You can have it for a while and not know you've got it. This is the problem with diabetes. It's one of these iceberg conditions. So let's look at a bit of the background to this now. Um, so diabetes morbidity, how many people have diabetes? Well, in India, there's 77 million. In China, there's 116 million people with diabetes. In the UK, the latest count is 3.9 million, probably at least a, a million undiagnosed, though. So up to, up to 4.7, 4.8, 4.9 million in actuality. And there's about 700 new cases diagnosed every day. The United States, the current figure from the CDC is 34.2 million people with diabetes at the moment. But you can at least double that 60 or 70 million for people with pre-diabetes. So we see diabetes is already a huge burden of morbidity. So many people have diabetes and it causes so many complications. You know, it can cause complications to the eyes, it can cause complications to the heart and the blood vessels, and it can cause complications to the to the kidneys and complications to the, uh, the peripheral blood flow, to the feet especially. All sorts of complications can be associated with diabetes. If it's badly managed, that's why you have to recognise it and control the blood sugar levels. So uh, now this came to my attention a couple of months ago, really. Uh, th th this um, rhinoorbital mucormycosis, th th this black fungus disease that was um, prevalent in these, is still quite prevalent in India, only seems to occur in people with high blood sugar levels. And it's not just India, it's been reported in quite a few countries, um, Egypt, uh, there was quite a few cases as well, for example. Uh, following COVID-19 in previously non-diabetic immunocompetent patients, so this is this study here, India, there's been more than um, 45,000 cases of mucormycosis reported. Death rate's pretty high, it's about 50%. And that depends, and that's with good treatment. Affects the nose, the sinuses, the eyes, sometimes the brain with this black fungal disease. Usual onset 12 to 18 days after recovery from COVID-19. So this is being seen in patients who had COVID-19. Now, um, there was 127 patients followed up. Um, 13 of those patients who developed my new mucormycosis had newly acquired diabetes mellitus. So in other words, 127 diabetic patients, but 13 of those were found not to have had diabetes 
prior to the episode of COVID. So that's already a fairly high proportion, isn't it? It's about eight, nine percent or something. Seems to have developed COVID as a result of the uh, seems to have developed diabetes as a result of the COVID or the treatment. Average age was only 36, so that's pretty young. Seven of the 13 not given steroids or supplementary oxygen. So of this 13, seven were not given steroids. Now the steroids are the drugs that reduce the inflammation, as you probably know, and they put your blood sugar up as a side effect, but some had not been given that. And they hadn't been given supplementary oxygen, meaning they weren't particularly sick. So that was sort of an early indicator that, that got me thinking about this. Uh, this is a BBC report, Fears Over Sharp Rise in Diabetes in India. This is one of the doctors who's studying the problem of COVID and diabetes, a diabetologist, uh, Dr. Anup Misra. Our assessment is that such patients were probably predisposed to diabetes because of obesity or family history. So she thinks that most of these patients probably were predisposed to diabetes anyway, and the COVID triggered it earlier, presumably, than it would have been triggered otherwise, but not all. Um, she does say that um, severe diabetes caused by pancreatic damage is less common. So severe diabetes, where the pancreas is damaged, the part, the part of the body that actually makes the insulin is damaged, it exists, but she thinks it's less common than those where it was uh, simply triggered at an earlier stage. Tell the truth, you know, like I know, you got 40 or 50 bottles of vitamin pills, herb bottles sitting on your counter right now you're not taking because you can't juggle them all. You can't take 40 or 50 different pills or carry them in your purse, but it doesn't make sense. It only makes sense to have one delivery system, one delivery system. Blue Magic Gel is going to deliver you over 30 powerful, powerful, powerful plants all at one time with no taste. You can give it to your pets or your children. It just don't even make no sense to waste no money on all them different little bottle pill bottles. Is it just me? Am I the only one that got 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 vitamin pill bottle, herbal bottles all over the place? Why, why, do, I, why do we do that? Why do we buy so many of these little things that we know we're not gonna take 35 different pills and capsule, herbal capsule? You know you're not gonna take all them things every day. Now, there's Blue Magic. You get Sabi's herbs, Inky's herbs, the Harmine herbs, key Irish mosses, and much more. Each spoonful with no capsules for just $65. And don't forget to refresh the vitamin stream. That there is an increase in the incidence of new onset diabetes in patients in the hospital that have COVID 19. So apparently, it seems to be about 14%. There could be multiple factors associated with this. One of the theories is the increase in the attachment to those receptors called ACE2 receptors, which are found in multiple organs, including the lungs, intestines, the pancreas, and the heart. 
And this could be associated not only with the appearance of diabetes, but also with some other complications that we see like pneumonia and myocarditis associated with COVID-19. There are newly released studies that have shown in autopsies of patients with COVID-19 looking specifically at the pancreas and looking at that cell, the beta cell that produces insulin, that there is a direct damage of the cells in patients with COVID-19. So we believe that this might be a direct association with that insulin deficiency in the development of diabetes in these patients. We know that there is people at risk of developing diabetes in general. Is this woman clearly just like a little attract? Never mind. I'm sorry. It's you know what? It's too late. It's too late. It's too late. Once this lady starts, I can't even get the words out. You know what? This is what we can do. This is what we can do. Watch this. Watch this. For example, patients with family history of diabetes, patients with obesity, sedentary, those patients.